Hello, Legendaries, and welcome to episode 163 of RPG Digest. In segment one, we read through tabletop RPGs to introduce it to you and oftentimes to ourselves as well. In segment two, we provide higher level overviews and fundamentals, even the occasional how-to of systems, settings, and game mechanics. I am John Maxley-Auslo, your favorite curmudgeon critic and judge. I need to put execution back in there. Along with me, as usual, is fresh from, fresh from his harring escape from Wormwood itself, Brett Ethan Dog Grissomer. How are you today, sir? All my symbiotes died. Oh. That's just the way it goes. Well, that's man. probably a good thing. I don't want things living inside of me taking over my brain. They're not taking over your that's, brain. They're augmenting they, my body. They're that's friendly. what they tell you. Symbiotes, not yeah. parasites. Yeah, brain, they're brain slugs. They're brain slugs. <laughs> well, there's something like that there, but it's it's bad. <laughs> it's 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 made by bad folk who do bad things. So there there's that. But anyway, I hope everyone's having a great time. I hope you're having a great day. I am having a better day now, but this week was rough. Not some work thing because you know I'm I'm a house husband. I don't I don't do that work for a paycheck nonsense. Yep. But uh tonight was supposed to be my sister-in-law brother-in-law and their two kids were supposed to come in from pennsylvania and stay the night we we're going to pick them up at the airport tonight bring them in they're going to stay for a couple days so we had to clean the whole house and when when i say clean the whole house i don't mean like oh i'll do some dusting like no 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 take everything out of a room mm -hmm. scrub the entire room scrub all the crap that was in the room and then put it all back you know, normally people do that in the spring not the fall well yeah but they didn't they decided not to come they decided to come after the spring cleaning was months and months and months away. So there you go, right? So we did all that for every room except this one because behind this screen right here is a goddamn train wreck. No, no, no. That is the wall. Everything is perfect. There is nothing. <laughs> and I, I didn't know it, but this room is a goddamn TARDIS. I started taking things out and it was filling rooms that are bigger than this one. How is that possible? <laughs> I don't get it. And and my my wife was like, "Honey, we literally can't put this shit anywhere. The garage is full, the garbage bins are full. We can't we got to put it back in that room. There's literally nowhere to put it until garbage day." So, are you going to have a giveaway? No, no, no. This I is all care. garbage. This is all like Hey, like hey, you know, one connectors. man's garbage is another man's art. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh uh was it uh cable TV wires? that aren't used anymore for all anything amphenol connectors fans that no longer work their bearings are burned out i'm talking like garbage garbage that sounds like some goodwill stuff i'm not giving the here's a fan oh wow a fan it doesn't work oh sad now i'm not doing that <laughs> some kid wants to learn electronics now you got there a fan go. to work on that's right learn how to replace bearings it's a good skill anyway uh, so that is not happening because their kids woke up today vomiting. I'm like, stay home. Don't come here. Yeah, you, <laughs> had, you had that last week, right? Yeah, that's true. Uh, those cables might have some copper in them. If you're willing to strip them. Yeah. This much copper for this much work. No, I'm good. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. So yeah. And, and then on rumble, pull the monitor or pull the motors, strip the casings from the wires and bring them to the scrapyard for cash. See, you got multiple people telling you to do yeah, this. What, 20 cents. You have I'm a you 11 year old. You have a kid. Learn electronics, boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had him working. Don't worry. He was, he was scrubbing too. He was working. 
The whole the whole family was working. So there's that. But uh, yeah, so that's not happening. But all week we did one room a day. It took like two hours every day of just my my back still hurts because a lot of bending over, a lot of lifting, a lot of scrubbing. So you know, walls, windows, everything, mm-hmm. ceiling. Couple couple spots in the kitchen had to scrub the ceiling because I had a uh uh what do you call it a pressure cooker incident kind of lots lots of pressure yeah left a there's still, there still uh, noodles hanging from the test on, <laughs> on the ceiling <laughs> so I had to get that off so yeah other than that though yeah I mean it was fine I mean I I should have been reading the book more you know I had a whole extra week right should have been reading the book more wait wait so wait you had two weeks and you didn't. Oh no, I, I read the book last week. Oh, okay. okay. I made my notes, but okay. I should have had time to reread it again, but I didn't. Well, I reread uh Magic for Forbidden Lands and I realized that oh, I probably probably could do two segments today. So this might be I jinx it. You know, every time I say this, I jinx it, right? We yeah. might have a shorter episode. <laughs> uh well, I just screwed it up. But yeah, so uh we'll look forward to that in segment one. Uh my week was just work and uh the same old stuff it's not a big deal although people are starting to realize that things are uh, i was telling them two years ago might actually happen now (laughs) and it's not the local people i work with directly it's not their fault it's the people that are supposed because i have to be careful what i say about my job okay so i got here hired on for one thing Mm -hmm. when the person who hired me left pretty much everyone's like not gonna happen so uh we'll figure out what you're gonna do so i basically said it's not that i didn't do anything but i sat around without a real job kind of doing gold for about almost two years yeah they finally decided enough of that you're gonna you know taxpayers are paying you you're gonna do something all right that's fair and they made me do the one thing i didn't want to do which you know it just is what it is i i saw you you and i have talked i saw this coming right well now the stuff that I was hired on for originally is starting to fall apart for various reasons. And the organization who's supposed to do it literally said, and I may have mentioned this last week, but because uh, it was a week before when this happened, it's like, I don't want to do it. I was like, I, I don't care what you want. Yeah. <laughs> like, it I don't really matter. You don't report to me, but it, it doesn't matter what you want. <laughs> this is so uh, now um, as things are coming to a head and we're trying to get some rooms built and we're trying to do some stuff. Well, these issues are coming to light. Well, I shouldn't say coming to light, but they're being focused on. Well, mm-hmm. John, John, whose responsibility is that? I'm like, well, it depends on, on, on how you look at it. Ultimately, legally, it's theirs. I do it minimally keep it running because i'm the only person on this base who knows how to but it's not my job and it's not my role and it's not what i do and you've all but canned me from doing that so shut up baldar <laughs> <laughs> i think he's talking to you uh oh. it's good to see you baldar um so now they're like uh when do you go on leave i'm like i go on leave uh thursday of next week so i'll work more monday tuesday wednesday and then i'm gone until after thanksgiving I'm like uh what <laughs> when's this about to die well it looks like december 31st it's all about to die like and how long does it take to replace it usually six months to a year <laughs> like wait what so yeah you know we got a lot of that going on right now yeah, and, and did, did you tell them did you do the i told you so type like if if you had had me working on this well like i was supposed to when i was hired here mm-hmm. it'd be done by now I, of course i did but here's the thing it's not the people i work for direct directly it's not their fault because they're technically beholden to this other organization as well. 
So it's the other organization owns the stuff, but because they weren't doing it, the former colonel here hired me to do it, to take it over. And then when he left, that other organization's like, no, we'll, we'll handle it. Do you know how? No. <laughs> do you want me to help you? No. Okay. <laughs> like, so. Yeah, well, so, so I get a little defensive about this. This is not about Flady, by the way, but I get a little defensive about this because I know I technically work for the federal government and I can't sit here and say, oh, no, you don't work for the, or I don't work for the federal government. I do, but I don't work for the federal government like a lot of people think. I work for the United States Air Force. And what, what's the difference? Yeah, I get paid by the federal government, but I don't, I'm not involved in a lot of the shenanigans. I just make sure that, you know, the Air Force has IT. So at this one location. So, but yeah, it's... Look, I hate saying this as an airman, but the army is doing it correctly. Oof. The army is beating the Air Force in terms of technology. So, it's not military intelligence. Dude, I work for wargaming. Yeah. Well, <laughs> isn't that a isn't that an offshoot of military? Like, isn't that connected in some way? It sounds like it would be connected in some way. No, it's 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 education. Oh, you weren't in the Air Force with SAC, TAC, and MAC, were you? SAC, TAC, and MAC? No. You'd know if you were. Okay. So I was, I would, yeah, because I joined before, long before you. So uh, I was in right at the end of the time of SAC, TAC, and MAC. Well, they're now having a, so it's a Strategic Air Command, Military Airlift Command, and uh, a Tactical Air Command. Those are the three main MAGCOMs. Well, now they're having a whole big reshuffle, apparently, by February or some nonsense. So everything you used to know about the Air Force and organization is going to change. It's great. Um, so, yeah. And I think, I think what do they call in our new command? Some like air education and resiliency or something, or I don't know what the hell it's called. Anyway. Resiliency? What? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's something. They're changing everything up. But, you know, won't change my job. But anywho, with all that said, uh, I actually have a bunch of announcements that I want to get through here. And, oh, then, uh, and then we'll start uh, talking about magic in Forbidden Lands. Um, I was given a super chat for you to okay. read and review the Rift's book, Path of the Storm. The Rift's book, Path of the Storm. Now, is that a novel? Yes, or it's a no yeah. It's or a no, novel. it's a manuscript, a manuscript for a movie or some crap. Hey, nerds, nerd, good to see you. Path of the Storm. Yeah, if it's like a manuscript for a movie or something, screenplay or whatever. Yeah. Um, let's see now. I want to tell everybody, so for the, those who haven't heard yet, Friday is not going to have a Friday Night Show stream, rando stream, whatever we're calling it now, because I will be sleeping, hopefully, because I'm going to have a 24-hour Veterans Day stream in support of the Wounded Warrior Project. couple of uh, points of good news about that. Uh, I don't have the link for it yet, I'm only because I have that link. is going to be just for that 24-hour. We're going to try to raise $1,000 if we can. Last year, our goal is $250, and we raised $1,300. That's so, good. Congratulations. So this year I'm I'm putting I, I'm thousand dollars. We want a thousand dollars. All right. Um, but let me show you this. Let me uh, present. So you guys know that I do the wounded warrior thing throughout the year, right? Sure. All right. And here's the nerds and warriors thing. Uh, I never got a single notification on this, but uh, my goal was twelve hundred and fifty dollars throughout the year. I don't know if you can see it, but we've raised twelve hundred and ninety dollars throughout the year already. Nice. For the yearly thing. So we made our goal. Thank you. I had no clue because Tiltify never sent me a message saying that anybody donated anything. So I went to go make the, the new 
uh, uh, 24-hour version of this just to you know, put it in there. I was like, wait a minute, what does this mean? I already made my goal. <laughs> like, what's going on here? Uh, but yeah, we made our yearly goal for the Wounded Warrior Project. So thank you very much, folks. And yes, this this one we're doing next week is completely separate. So it's a whole different deal. We need another $1,000 from you. <laughs> but uh, but it's going to be a 24-hour stream. And I'll be doing a panel show like normal. I'll also be doing uh, some playing some video games. I try to find some that would be fun for me to rage at that uh, that you guys might enjoy me screaming. Plus, also boring enough for me to be able to talk to you guys as well, so to speak. So but uh, so check that out. This is all based on, on you guys, or at least whoever was donating. So thank you. Uh, oh, oh, wait, before you go, uh, speaking of... Uh... Uh, the Veterans Day stream uh, between 11 Central and 4 Central will, will be my time slot. I'll be running a Call of Cthulhu campaign. Now, we got one slot open because people had because a couple people had to drop out. Right. We got one slot open. And this is how it's going to work. The players get to choose the time period. 1890s, 1920s. 19. 50s or 60s or 2000s and then out of those time periods i will have between six and eight characters you get to choose your character and then i will create an adventure a convention style adventure it'll be about four hours based on the abilities of your character on the fly and then we go that's how it's going to work so right now I have no idea who the bad guy is. I have no idea, you know, what the what the problems are going to be because I don't know because that that's going to be based on the characters because the, these characters have to be able to solve the problem or else it's not going to be fun. You're just going to hit in a wall. It's mm -hmm. like I wish we had a scholar. Well, we picked three jocks. What are we going to do? You know, like hey, that's it's not going to be a fun game. So I'm going to have to tailor the enemy to the character selection. So if you want to be in on that see see my brain fry smoke come out of my ears at one point or another that's great come on in if you want to watch it hey that's fine too but if you if you can get that time slot open and you have an audio hookup doesn't so have to be video don't need video it's not necessary and you have a quiet place you can jump in too wow he dog that sounds very sandbox sounds very sandboxy of you yeah <laughs> Well, no, see, it's not. It's again, it's it's my tried and true method of creating the illusion of choice. I'm giving you choices. See, here's the secret. If you feel like you want to play, cover your ears. Can you hear me? I can't hear you. Your mom is fat. Nothing? No, all right, she, good. I mean, I can't hear you. <laughs> Shut up. No, see, I'm giving you all the choices that don't matter at all. The time period doesn't matter for the story. Doesn't matter. The characters doesn't really matter i just have to make sure clues or or uh trials you can pass with the characters you have that's it that's that's nothing that's the minor part of the of the story so the main part of the story is all up to me you have no choice at all i fooled you into thinking you live in a sandbox that is my gift now, now to be fair I, I put the link out for a few people and i can do it again there i have the unedited version of what uh, he ran last time uh, i forget what it was a halloween or something a couple years ago and nobody was on camera it was all just a little images uh and it was a fantastic game people loved watching that game and most people don't like to watch let's plays at least in our community most people think let's plays are dumb but uh he gets a lot of kudos for that so if you're if you're skeptical if you've watched some of Heathen Dog's videos before, but I'd never played one of his games, maybe you should watch that video and see yeah. if it's a game you'd like. 
So. See, uh, the 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 reason it is such fast pace is because I kind of stripped down the rules some. All right, I I don't do a whole lot of uh, secondary type rules like advanced combat or uh, all of the all of the rolling for for insanities and phobias and stuff. You know, you're going to roll for sanity, and if you fail, you're going to lose sanity, and then I'm going to give you a phobia that is related to the traumatic event. I'm not going to roll randomly. Takes too much time. All that stuff. It's it's going to be related to the traumatic event, and you know you're going to have to deal with it. But usually, it's not going to be super bad unless you lose like more than ten or more sanity at one time. Then pff, I get to throw the book at you. Okay. Well, let's. Uh, we need to move on here. So, but uh, let's look forward to that. There'll be more on that this weekend. In fact, do you need a specific thumbnail for that? Or are you good? I just I can just use the old thumbnail. It's. Okay. Just says Call of Cthulhu tabletop role playing game stream, okay. mm, and I fun. will. I'll send the link. I'll, well, I'll post the link again on our Discord uh, somewhere, uh, so that or probably in the Call of Cthulhu channel, maybe in the Shadow channel, so that people can watch that uh, video. So you can you can look at what Heathen Dog did last time. But let's get that fourth slot filled up. So, all right. Uh, don't need to talk about that. So yeah, somebody put on the screen what that uh, path of the storm is. I think it was Purge. Just said that. Uh, what what are my other notes? For you can actually start? buy it from Palladium Books. It's uh twelve ninety five. Yeah, that that's why somebody super chatted for me to get it for you. Yeah, are you are you yeah. willing to do that? Yeah, sure, I'll read it. Okay, um, then just remind me, and I'll, I'll maybe I can. I want to. Can I add that to the Christmas surprise package? You know what? You probably can. <laughs> you probably right. can. It's on the store, right? It's a book. It counts. Uh, changing topics here. Do, 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 do. Oh, wait, I already did that one. That was the wounded warrior thing. Oh. Right now on our Discord, and it's kind of set up for, it's a trial run. It's the rehearsal of concept for uh, the 5,000 subscriber giveaway. There is on our Discord right now a uh, contest for two books. Matter of fact, literally these two books. The Blood March from Forbidden Lands, because mm -hmm. we're covering Forbidden Lands. Sure. Right? Uh, this is a campaign setting. You still need the Forbidden Lands book to play. But this will expand. Like a lot of the stuff we're going to talk about today on magic, there's way more magic in this book. Just as an example, uh, some sort of dream spell casters, some mentalists, elven mentalists, and somebody that does something with molten lava, if I remember correctly. Um, and look at this one, still in the wrapper. Ooh, pretty. The Book of Beasts. And you're like, oh, it's just a monster man. No, it includes, uh, it includes what it says on here uh contents also includes rules for traps there already are rules for traps but this is expands upon them rare tomes and alchemy as well as a system for playing forbidden land solo so if you want to play so because everybody asked me who do we play solo well i think solo rpgs are dumb but if you want to do that it's in this book right here so these are the two books that i'm going to be doing for that giveaway it is on the discord right now under the rpg digest uh, category under a forum called contests and you can sign up there and yes, you have to have a YouTube account. And yes, I use Google Docs. I always said somebody, he wasn't complaining. He's just like, oh, but, uh, you know, if you're a tinfoil hat wearer and don't do all that stuff, that's fine. You don't have to enter the contest. We still thank you for being here. Uh, two la last two things, talking about surveys. We have a survey out there. I have not posted it publicly yet. I only post it for members, but I'm going to post it publicly sometime after the stream. It's a 2024, what do you want to see from a survey? It'll give us an idea. I'm not guaranteeing that we're going to comply with everything, but it'll give, you, give us an idea of what we need to do for next year. There's a lot of noise happening out there. Um, and then finally, 
Yeah. So when you see that, go ahead and fill out that survey, please. It is anonymous. Like I see nothing. Uh, I tested it. Uh, and uh, finally, uh, Redbubble, apparently that's our merch store. It's in the description below. Apparently it's having a 20 to 60% off sale on everything. So oh. if you actually want to get some Legion Myth merch, I verified it yesterday. I have a lot of merch that's mature audience only that doesn't make any sense, but whatever. Um, somebody probably complained about a word I used or something. But anyway, if you want to get like a Legion Myth shirt like this or- Actually, I'm going to get a, I'm going to get a hoodie because it's coming up on wintertime. That, that hoodie will be useful. Yeah, I'm in Alabama. There is no winter here. Yeah, there's no winter. There's just a spring. <laughs> spring and fall. Right. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, ch so, check that out. You can find that in the description below. So, there we go. I talked about the giveaway. I talked about the 2024 survey. talked about Redbubble Friday night. I talked with you about that. I only talked about the recipe Call of Cthulhu, Path of the Storm. And we made our goal for uh, the Wounded Warrior Project. Oof, that was a lot of announcements for today. But, hey, we're kind of on time. So, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's good. So, are we ready for uh, Forbidden Lands? We are. Okay, so let me... I have to do that first. Well, before Forbidden Lands, we have to thank some people. Ooh, so let me back. do that. Thank, thank all of you wonderful people who support us monetarily. Your gracious donations help us provide giveaways, produce more content, and generally give back to the Legion Myth community as a whole. I have started working on the surveys or what are the, the contest entry forms for the 5,000 subscriber giveaway. I have 20 giveaways so far. And some of those, actually, most of those are multiple book giveaways. <laughs> so 20, 20 giveaways. And I think I'm going to have 25 by the time I'm done because I still see some things over there. I have not made a form. So there's going to be a lot of Max's crap we're giving away. So uh, yep. more on that it's later. What, 119 more subscribers will activate the giveaway. I'm hoping by the end of the year, it'd be kind of a nice new year thing to do to, to get everybody kind of spun up. Uh, so, anywho, we have uh, nearly, yes, as he was saying, 4,900 YouTube subscribers, and we are thankful for each and every one of you. You guys are awesome. Thank you. And you know about the giveaway already, so check the description below for links to various Legion sites, social media, Discord, merch, etc. And yes, I, I'm going to say this one more time for the folks watching. You're going to be ahead of the game. Most of this is going to take place on our Discord. I don't like Discord. I'm sorry you don't like Discord. A lot of people don't. I get it, but and as well as through the YouTube community, as long as that's not abused. Uh, the second that gets abused, even if it's not by you, I'm punishing everybody and we're going back to Discord. That's just, I, I have YouTube to do has that. Lots of rules for giveaways. Yes, lots YouTube has rules. lots of rules, number one. And number two, I want to make sure that you're not screwed out of something that you win. And Heathen Dog's been around and people have tried to do shady stuff in the past. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, go ahead and dance like a monkey for them so that uh, I can uh, get my stuff set up. <laughs> Okay. Uh, Bio Kiddo says, would a Riffs movie even work? No nowadays, no. No, it won't. I mean, we, we've all seen what they what they did with D&D. And I wouldn't want a Riffs movie made in in this current socio-political climate. Because and remember, they, Kevin and Sean would not have authoritative control over it. Unless they got some kind of freaking sweetheart deal, which I, I don't see that as coming. But uh, uh, they would not portray the coalition correctly. It's completely against their blue-haired ideals that, <laughs> that, that the fascism could be good for you in anything, in any situation, which it can be. So, yeah, there, there, there's no way they'd actually hit the spirit of it, which is, yeah, the coalition is evil, but. 
yes, yeah. the, you know, you, you're against coalition. You're a good guy, but. No, they, they would be like, you can't be a good guy. Because remember, their mentality is if, they're, uh, if there's 10 people at a table and one person's a Nazi, you have 10 Nazis. Okay. Yeah, that's that's the mentality of these dumbasses. Oh, sorry, they're not supposed to cuss. Right, but, that, stream, that, but that's yeah. basically it. I mean, 20, 30 years ago, yes, yes. I mean, the uh, well, man, the, uh, the CGI now would make riffs absolutely oh, fantastic. I mean, Twenty years ago, the CGI was good enough to do it. Now, it would be it'd be awesome. It would be absolutely awesome. And what here's here's one thing though. I I would ask one question. No, two questions. Sorry, two questions. One main question, one follow up. Are there spellcasters in the in the protagonist party? Yes. Does he use carpet of adhesion at some point during the thing? No. <laughs> Fuck you, fake. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> good point. Very good point. All right, and then to answer this right here, McCree says, "I don't like this. I understand, I, but I, I have to. I can't use every venue out there because it becomes unwieldy. That's the problem. And I've had issues in the past. I learned this a long time ago, even before we had RPG Digest. That uh, if I cater to everyone, I end up making it so impossible for me to keep you know some semblance of control and honesty in this that uh, it, it just doesn't work out that way. So." For the five, for this giveaway, for the uh, Forbidden Lands giveaway that's on Discord now, I'm just doing it as Discord because it's a uh, it's a it's a trial run basically the five thousand subscriber. But since the five thousand subscriber giveaway is for YouTube subscribers, I will also be putting that in the YouTube community up until I run into a situation where I can't do that anymore. So there we go. Hopefully that makes sense. But I think we're ready for some Forbidden Lands. Hit it. All right, for segment one today, it's just going to be one video, I think, I hope, should be. And we're going to cover the magic of Forbidden Lands. Now, we hinted at some things about the magic of Forbidden Lands in the past. We talked about the talents that turn into, effectively, magic spells. We also talked about how you need willpower and how to get willpower in previous episodes. Now we're going to tie all of that together and find out what it really means to be a magic user and what are the pros and cons. How powerful are you and what kind of nonsense do you have to deal with? We'll find out in just a moment. We believe that role-playing games should take place in fantastic worlds. The focus of the game should be on role-playing and having a good time. The core values of Hashtag RPGate and any good tabletop group are escapism, not representation, entertainment over activism, and natural, organic inclusion, not forced diversity. The charity we support is the Wounded Warrior Project, a national, nonpartisan organization whose mission is to honor and empower wounded warriors. Please refer to the description below for the link to where you can make your hopefully tax-deductible donation. Join us Thursday and Saturday evenings on twitch.tv slash legionofmyth to watch Heathen Dog and his team of dirty casuals play multiplayer games for your mockery and enjoyment. Here on our YouTube channel, you can watch these game-related segments live every Sunday at 1 p.m. Central Time, or check out the Friday Night Chill Stream, where our panel of guests opine, comment, and editorialize on the TTRPG hobby as a whole. Please like this video and leave a comment to appease the algorithm gods. Share this video on your favorite social media platforms to help us peer out of the shadows cast over us. And if you have not done so already, please subscribe to Legion Myth for more tabletop RPG goodness.
All right, there we are. Here is our wonderful Forbidden Lands cover. And let's click on the magics. Oh, that's right. Ooh. Anything change with magic? Because <laughs> I remember I read the first printing because that's what I have in hardcover. Uh, magic, magic, bind magic. Okay, so the effects of bind magic have been modified. Clarifying men wounds cannot regrow lost limbs. Base Aww. power level cast. Okay, it's always equal to NPC's rank in the magic discipline. Makes sense. We'll get to that. Okay, seems like nothing major. Good. All right. Well, so. except for the guy who lost his arm. Well, it's just clarification. We kind of knew that anyway. Oh, all right. So, all right, here is Magic in Forbidden Lands. And if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, go ahead and put those into chat. Oh, and I want to say, I forgot to say, we read uh, Mercurius's uh, super chat, but I forgot to say thank yeah. you for the super chat. Never want to, I mean, there's never an expectation of that, like, whatever, he gave us super chat. No, no, we appreciate that. Thank you. So, what most people call magic is a catch-all term for forces at work behind the veil of the world, beyond what common folk understand or dare perceive. The magic users of the Forbidden Lands are a diverse group of individuals, including both sorcerers and druids. Now, there are more later as you get other books. Now, I think, you know what? Now, they think, about, I think all, they always fall under either sorcery or druidism. Now, they think about it. But either way, there, there are. This book is a starting point. If you get um, the Blood March or what's the other? The Bitter Reach, there is more magic in those. Uh, magic is a wild and unreliable force that can manifest itself in many ways right there doesn't sound great <laughs> it doesn't sound great uh there are no schools of magic okay this threw me off at first when you think school of magic what do you think even though when you see the sentence there are no schools of magic instead knowledge is transferred from master apprentice blah blah, blah. okay now uh taking that whole sentence i understand that, oh there's no like universities of right. magic but if you just look at the first half of the sentence, you're like, what? Necromancy? No, right, right. No evocation? Okay. That means we've been playing too much D&D in our life. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it threw me off at first. I was like, I, I didn't read past the comma. I was like, you mean no schools? Like, yes, there are. You have the path of stone. You have the path. Of, like, th th that's exactly it. No, it's transferred from master to apprentice. You're not going to find, as Heathen Dog said, you're not going to find the university, the enclave of magicians. Come on into Hogwarts. No. If you do that, somebody's about to, you're never going to see the light of day again. Think uh, Sith. There you go. <laughs> uh, to the apprentice in a number of broad categories called disciplines. There are seven disciplines in the Forbidden Lands core game, four of sorcery, three of druidic magic. By the way, as a reminder, uh, I've said this, I think every video, I have a character creation process step-by-step -step of how to create a druid. I made that like three, four, five years ago, whatever it was, but it's still a video that uh, talks about how to make a druid if you want to see how to make one. And the link should be in the description below. Every discipline is linked to a specific talent. Now I'm going to get something out of the way. I know I'm going to read it later, but I'm going to get something out of the way now because it's just rattling my brain and won't let me get this out of my head until I say it. Do you remember in Mutant Year Zero, one of the cool things about talents, I know that's a vague statement, so I'm not expecting you to read my mind, but... They always work. Okay, you, you read my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind, he understood. Yes, but magic is the same way here. Now, what you're going to find here is that magic is more power than powerful than those mutations, but also has stronger drawbacks than those mutations. Okay. okay. Or potent, potential potential drawbacks. So okay. uh, the risk-reward has elevated, but absolutely what he said, if you cast a spell barring some really extreme instances, the spell works. Now, what happens because of that, 
you know, did you get sucked into another plane of existence accidentally? Oops. Uh, you know, we'll find Should out later. Shifter, dumbass. What's that? Shouldn't have played a shifter. Well, th- that you don't have to play. Everybody's a shifter in this game. Then I'm out. <laughs> but, you have, <laughs> but you have to roll a 66 to make it happen. Remember, this rolls D6 is like percentile dice. But anyway, right. let's let's get back to this. Every discipline is linked to a specific talent. That is a prerequisite to be able to cast spells within each discipline. So when you start the game, you'll have one because you have one profession talent that you can take. But as the game goes on, you can expand. Right. So, so and that way you can expand your your disciplines in magic. Yes. Okay. To learn a new discipline or increase your rank in a discipline you already know, you should find a master with a higher rank than you in the magic talent and who is ready to share their secrets with you. <laughs> That's, that's a lot of caveats and addendums. <laughs> Good luck, buddy. <laughs> this can require both persuasion and substantial compensation. Remember those social interaction tests that we talked about last yep. week in the combat? Well, there you go. Or make a female character. <laughs> Unfortunately, that doesn't work in this game. But, you know, hey, you know, if it works at your table... Without a teacher, the cost and XP for increasing the rank in a magical talent or learning a new one is tripled. So you can do it. Spending lots of points to make that happen. Yep. So really that that comes into play when you're a higher level and finding someone more knowledgeable than you is all but impossible. Then you just go, screw it, I'm gonna triple it. Or the debt that he asks you to pay is really it's high. Substantial. It's like your left testicle, your second born child, uh, you know, one you know, I like that stronghold you've been building for two years. Yeah, I want that too. Yeah. <laughs> you do you have the deed on you? Just sign it over. It'd be fine. Spells. Your attempts to use magic to impose your will on the world are called spells. A large number of spells are described later in this chapter. We're going to look over a handful and we're not going to look over them all, even though the segment might be a little bit shorter because there's just no reason to. But we are going to look over some so you can see how that they, they're handled. Okay. More will be published in upcoming supplements. And I promise you, this book and... Uh, come here. This Look how thick this one is. Jesus. That's huge. Uh, they have way more spells. So buy your Forbidden Lands products at freealeague.com uh, or I don't know, something. Uh, more will be published upcoming supplements for the game. You can write your own spells under the watchful eye of UGM. I have not found now, to be fair, I've not read through these all these books word for word, page by page. I have not seen a spell creation system. With that said, Sit at your table with your game master if you want to make a spell, and if he's like if that fits in my campaign, there you go. All right. Does this image look familiar to anybody? It's not an exact image, but the concept of this image does it look familiar to maybe another game that somebody's covered or played at some point? I'm getting nothing. What is it? Dungeon Crawl Classics. Zoom now in he's... on his face. <laughs> he's casting <laughs> magic. Is he afraid? Yep. Okay. Yep. <laughs> all right because <laughs> if you play dcc and you cast a spell you're like okay my butt's gonna hurt <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> why am i doing this why am i doing this why am i doing this spell ranks also oh and i want to say something in case people ask some really you know in-depth questions i have never had i don't remember ever having a sorcerer in one of the games that i run druids yes sorcerer i can't remember can you, are you going to tell us why during the, during the day? Yeah, because people are deathly afraid of magic when they read this section. Oh, I think, well, I think overly so, but for a one shot, you don't, uh, 
they just went with it. other yeah but but also since also uh, to be fair also there are four players you know i like to have six if possible yeah. but my one shots with four players so you had the typical uh healer for the spellcaster uh always a fighter uh then uh, usually a hunter sometimes a rider but you know so you kind of already had that baked in but every druid we need a healer druid druid be a druid and you're gonna be a healing druid so so anyway all spells in this chapter are rated in ranks ranging from one to three there can be spells of even higher ranks i have not seen those yet but hey why not it's just willpower right <laughs> as a magic user you can cast all spells that are at a rank equal to or lower than your rank in the related talent. And we'll look at the spell list in a moment. So let's be clear about this. If there are five rank one spells and you have rank one casting ability, guess what? You can cast all five of those spells. Super. Once you increase to rank two, you can cast all the rank ones and rank twos. Now, there is a way that you can cast higher rank spells, one rank higher, that's it, one rank, I think we're going to read about that in a moment, but uh, one rank higher than you, so if you have rank one ability, you can cast a rank two spell. But here's how I'm going to say it for Heathen Dog, because I want to see his reaction. For everybody else, you might not understand this, it's okay. Essentially, if you do that, you're casting raw magic. Ooh. No, I'm good. Okay, so... <laughs> that's an earth on reference for people drink uh but you can do it and you may have to nope but don't rather know, die rather die well i don't know about that no uh, no no being being marked by horror or the equivalent in this game not nah, rather die. well okay Thanks. it is it isn't horror marking it's more the 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 damage that it does to your body and uh the 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 possible horror marking how about that uh, we'll we'll look at what the effects are right, in a moment. Right. No. Uh, for example, if you have rank two in the Path of Blood talent, you can cast all spells at rank one and rank two in the Blood Magic Discipline. Okay, that makes sense. Chance casting. If you really want to, you can cast a spell at one rank above the rank of your magical talent, as we just talked about. However, this comes at a great risk. You will automatically italicize, just in case you didn't understand what the word automatically meant, suffer a random magic mishap. You can never cast a spell that is two ranks or more above your talent rank. Now, to okay, be fair, most mishaps aren't deadly. They're just annoying. Okay, well, if they're just annoying, then fine, whatever. But yeah, we'll I'd, have, I'd have to see the list of possible repercussions for that to yep. make an informed decision. Uh, can you have two six-siders ready? Uh, kind of like percentile uh, yeah. day, so of different colors? Yeah, yeah. And then we'll have, we'll have you roll in a moment, all right? Casting a spell is generally a slow action in combat, but there are also so-called power words that are fast actions. Dispel magic is a very notable one. Dispel magic is a very important spell in this game because that's how you're going to have your magical duels. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, another type of spell are rituals that take longer time to cast. See the box text on the next page. Okay. Sure. Whether or not a spell is a power word or a ritual is detailed under each spell. When we look at the spells, you'll see that. Casting a spell requires a great deal of mental exertion and requires that you spend one or more willpower points. You accumulate one willpower point per rank of spell? Yeah, but there are caveats to that, yeah. Oh, sure. Okay. Uh, you accumulate willpower by pushing dice rolls, so you have to be a masochist. Yeah, you have to hate yourself just enough, but not, not, not too much, but just enough to get the fuel necessary to cast magic. Now, we so, learned that you don't actually have to take damage. 
you know, you might not roll any skulls to take damage, but you have to risk taking damage in order to accumulate willpower. Right. The more willpower you spend, the more powerful the effect of the spell is. And you'll actually see here pretty quickly that... Wizards, Scales up pretty fast. Yeah, wizards can be pretty powerful. Again, but there is a risk-reward side to that. So there, there can be... If you like big flashbangs, this might be the class for you. Now, the number of willpower points you spend when you cast your spell is called the base power level. Dice rolls and other factors can further modify the power level. Okay. So you spend two willpower. Uh, in fact, I think that there's an example down here. Base power level two. Yeah. So ingredients. Most spells in this chapter list ingredients or objects that can, can, not you have to, can be used to cast a spell with greater effect. If you use the right ingredients, the power level of the spell increases by one. So okay. this is very similar to Mage the Ascension, right? Where you're using a focus. Sure. Focus you helps still, you cast magic better. Yeah. Yeah, so you can still cast without having the material components, but this will make it more powerful. You must still spend at least one willpower point to cast a spell. Mm -hmm. Once the sure. spell is cast, the ingredient has been spent and cannot be used again to cast the spells. Okay, right? so... You you're back to D and D where you're carrying around all kinds of material components. If you want the extra oomph, if you want the extra oomph, yeah. Rolling dice. Unlike skills, you can never fail at casting a spell. We said that at the beginning, but because it's based on talents, it's very similar to the mutations of other games. Your spell is going to work. Instead, you roll a number of base dice equal to the number of willpower points you spend. So he dog a moment ago. What you said, you spent two willpower points, so you'd spend two dice. If you roll one or several successes, those are sixes, the spell is overcharged. That's generally a good thing. Sure. And if you roll one or several skulls, you suffer some sort of magic mishap. You it's cannot make like this roll, again, just like using mutations in the game. Yep. Overcharging. When you cast a spell, every success you roll increases its power level by one. Oh, damn. And we'll talk about power level in a little bit. For example, if you spend two willpower to cast a spell and roll two successes, its power level is increased to four. And if you use the material component, it's five. It's five. So let's imagine this for just a moment. You've got a spell that does one point of damage per power level. Sure. And this scenario just happened. You spent two willpower, but increased to four with the two successes, and you use that, that uh, material component. That's five. You just did five points of damage to somebody. Um, do you remember what the attribute scores go up to in this game? What? If you max it out and put everything in, the highest one you can have is a six. So even the strongest dude out there is almost dead. Yes. And most and people... the average person is quite dead. Yes. Okay. Now, do you see the power level of magic? Yes. All right. Now, magical mishap. Let's go. Let's, let's flip the script for a moment. Uh-oh. If you roll one or several skulls, so ones, uh, when you cast a spell, you have unleashed powerful forces but are unable to control them and you suffer a magic mishap. Roll D66 and up for the table on the next page. Go ahead and roll, Heaton Dog. Okay. Call high. 24. Or 24. Um, your spell drains your energy, inflicting one point of damage to agility. So you just took one agility point of damage for doing that. And That's not great. That's not great because the wizards aren't known or sorcerers aren't known for having high agility. No, no. I mean, that, that could kill me if I only had one. Yeah, if you'd already been fatigued somehow. Or if I only had one. Well, you have to start with two. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's, you know, status effects that can bring yeah, it down to one. Fair, yeah. fair. Yep. So, yeah, that, that could be bad. And go, go ahead and roll one more time. Let's just look at one more. 
16. 16. The spell suddenly makes you very thirsty. Okay, you... thirsty is in bold type, so yeah. it's it doesn't mean I, I need to drink a water or I need some Gatorade stat. It means uh, some you kind of here, You weren't here last week, so that's a thirsty is a condition that is cured by drink, drinking one unit of water. Okay. Now, remember, units of water take up encumbrance. That's actually, sure. that's part of your survival mechanic. That's on top of what you need to drink. Per, you have to drink one unit per day. Well, now you have to drink two units. One right okay. now, or you're going to be suffering whatever the thirsty condition gives you. Go watch the last video. Okay. Uh, basically, you have a condition on you. Yeah, these don't look so bad. What are the it's higher ones? It's because you're rolling low. Well, let's usually so had to do a 24 was the first one. Let's make that yeah. 42. Let's flip the script, make it 42. Okay. The spell also affects a friend or other unintended victim. A healing or helping spell affects an enemy alongside the intended target. <laughs> oh, that's just mean. Okay, okay, stop. Then that's you roll this just the game system being a dick. Because it says a spell also affects a friend or other unintended victim. That means a damaging spell will also affect affect a friend or someone you think is a victim. That's not the bad guy. So you can't accidentally hit two bad guys with this. Right. That, that's but what, that's... if it's a healing spell, it's guaranteed to heal the enemy. That's horrible. Th that's why you don't want to roll high. Let's So you had a 16? Let's look at what 61 is. Okay. Your magic attracts a demon from another dimension. Oh. The GM can create a demon randomly. See page 70. By the way, there are demons in the Game Master Guide, but it allows you to pick and choose and kind of mix and match and you know make all types of crazy demons. It's actually pretty cool. Okay. Or create it herself. The demon appears within the next quarter day and will create all kinds of trouble. So within six hours, you're going to have a demon messing with you. It could be a small little imp. It could be something more substantial. I would base it on however many PowerPoints you spent. Right, right. How how powerful is the spell? I mean, if you it's a one or a two, you're you're getting that imp or something else that's just basically annoying you, the annoying the crap out of you. Mm -hmm. But if you got five, six, seven power level, then you're you're getting an arch demon coming in and going, "Hey, uh, why am I here? Oh wait, it's your fault." Yep. Well, let's read the worst one because it's my favorite one. Your med number sixty six. You have to roll a six and a six. Your magic rips open a rift to another dimension, and a demon pulls you over to the other side. Time to make a new character. Your oh. old character will come back as an NPC d sixty six days later, but will be uh, changed. That that's like kicking you in the face, and then while you're on the ground, kicking you in the balls again. That's just mean. Not only do you just run. flat out lose your character. But you're going to have to fight him when he comes back with your brand new character who's probably significantly weaker. And and the game master is going to give him more powers that you never had, so you're jealous of him. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Oh, or if you get a one or if you get a three or a four power, you get a sleep paralysis demon. Why three or four? It doesn't actually hurt you. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. You, you, uh, the, this, this game does mental trauma. A sleep paralysis demon is mental trauma. You're going to wake up with new mental trauma every day. It's going to be great. You have a great time. 56 is a, a creepy one. The, uh, the force of the magic breaks bones in your body. Immediately roll for critical injury. That's not awesome. So yeah, it's, they start with like, whatever, what's 11 to 13. Someone witnesses your magic and tells other your reputation increases one step. Hey, that's actually a good thing. 
So your magic mishap can, if you roll the lowest possible, 11th, well, 11 through 13, you get a benefit. Sure. <laughs> None of the other ones. Yeah. But, you know, hungry and thirsty isn't really a thing. Like, whatever. Hungry and Depends thirsty. on how you're doing with your survival rolls. If your survival rolls are fine, you're right. Right. If you're, survive, if you're already on edge. Okay. So when we're talking about... Uh, oh, let me go back up here. I thought we were going into range. That would be nice. Uh, if you cast a spell at a lower rank than your talent rank for the discipline, so you have a rank two in 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 healing, because that's all I can think of right now. Blood magic, you have rank two in blood magic, but you want to cast a rank one spell. Sure, you may opt to roll one less die for, for every point of difference. So it'd be one. In that case, it'd be one. You could do three uh, three down to one. You could choose to roll two two less die because there's a two rank difference this reduces the risk of a magic mishap but also makes the spell less likely to overcharge you're basically rolling less power dice mm. less base dice based on the power if the result is zero dice or less don't roll at all the spell simply works as intended okay you're getting... hang on hang on uh let me let me see if i can wrap my brain around that one so if the result is zero dice or less that means that what if i'm casting a rank one spell mm-hmm. And I, I'm a rank two. I can choose to roll one less die, mm-hmm. and that'll be just one die, right? Mm-hmm. But if I'm rank three, well, you can I... choose. You can choose how many willpower you're going to spend on it. Okay, I'm only going to spend one willpower, but okay. that means I get one die. But I decided to go one rank down. Now it's zero. Yes, if I, I think so. <laughs> that sounds right. I, I'd have to see it on the table, but but that sounds right. Yes. If you get okay. down to zero dice, it just works. It does its base damage, base effect, or whatever. Yep. No bonuses, no minuses. Right. It's a cookie cutter thing. You've got this down. You know exactly how much magic energy you pour into it for exactly how long. You you can finesse it just right, and boom, Bob's your uncle. You get you a go. you get a carbon copy of the spell every time. Probably not going to murderfy anybody on that. At least no. not a, that's something big. But you'll get its attention. Uh, you'll at least get some healing. Like maybe I'm not. I'm not trying to risk it right now to give you big full healing. I just need to get you up and walking again. Oh, there you go. Let's go. No. Um, I don't know why. I feel like there's something that I got wrong with what you're saying there. It probably is, but we're going to get into that later. Probably yeah. so. That'd be fine. Uh, range or Ronnie Abadi. He'll uh, he'll make a comment after this video goes live, and he'll correct me. He does a good job of that. Oh, I forgot to say timeout. I forgot to say this last week. I told I told folks last week. See, look at that, Pete. Man, guys in chat. I said, remind me to say what he corrected me on, and you guys didn't do that. I made a very glaring mistake because of a house rule I use in all my Year Zero Engine games. Okay. And Heathen Dog actually backed up my house rule because he doesn't know any better. It's not that he's, he's right, he just didn't know any better. Okay, Heathen Dog, I'm going to ask this question again of you. I okay. asked it a couple weeks ago. Okay. If you are rolling uh, four attribute or four base dice, two skill dice, and one gear die, and I give you a negative three modifier, how do you roll those dice? Uh, well, technically it would just be add them all at minus three, but you would be taking the three away, not from gear, not from skill, but from your ability. No, no, you you take them from your skill. But I I said there are two skill points. Yeah. There's minus minus, three. What happens to the third one? Yeah. So before, and this is my house rule. My house rule is I just take it away from the attribute die. Sure. That's not correct. Then how do you do it? 
And you're about to hear why I made a house rule. Okay. You, you have a negative die. So what you do is you minus the two skill dice. Sure. And then you roll, you add in one skill dice to make, okay, <laughs> which is a negative die. And you're, if you roll a six on that one, it cancels a six out on one of your other dice. Yeah, that seems unnecessarily complicated. It's not when you roll it on the table, but when you're trying to explain that to a new person. Remember, I've only run this game as one shots, mostly for new people. Mm-hmm. That you don't want to, you don't want to do that. You don't want to try to say that to them. So I house rule it to be just take one off your attribute die and let's move on. Otherwise, you get somebody who's new who might be excited about the game. They can lose some excitement pretty quickly right there. Mm-hmm. If you have a, a table of experienced players. And they're not going to care. They can, and they can easily help out the new player. But I just want to, just want to put that out there. That's a correction from like three okay. videos ago or whatever. Okay. Um, so you have to watch this one to find out what it is. So, all right. Uh, there's all zero. Let's don't roll. Also, okay. Range. Every spell has a range. We'll see that in the description. Duration. Every spell has a duration. Immediate means that the effect is instantaneous. It's like magic missile, right? Boom. Uh, quarter day is morning day. We will cover what quarter days are specifically in uh, next week. When we talk about journeying and survival. Willpower points. Casting a spell requires at least one willpower point. No matter what, you have to spend at least one. This applies even if it does not explicitly say so in the description of the spell. So this, this is, is your general magical thing. Whenever you want to cast a spell, you must use at least one willpower point to pull the power from the universe. Yep. yep. Some complicated spells can't be cast as an action in combat, as they require more time and preparation. A typical ritual takes a quarter day to perform. Rituals often have other prerequisites, such as ingredients that must be used to perform the ritual. By the way, oh, I know so we're, for, for ritual casting, ingredients are not an option. They're necessary. If it says it in the, in the spell, yeah. Okay, okay. Now, we're seeing the word quarter day more and more today than we have other days. It's, it's come up before, but we've seen it more and more. I don't know why I feel the need to say this, but I'm going to. People complain. That's one of the complaints I get about this game, and it annoys me because I don't think it's a it's a justifiable complaint. They don't like quarter day. Well, why? what you know, because everything happens in the quarter day, which is six hours. Why yeah. does it have to take six hours for me to do this? Why do I have to use six hours to do that? Why do I have to do six? I, why can't I take? What happens if I want to walk three hours? You know, take an hour to eat lunch and poop, and then go do another you know five hour march. It's like it's just not how the game works. Okay, that's why. You remember, the rules of the game are the universal constants that happen in this world. Now, does that mean you can't walk for eight hours? No. The Game Master can easily make a ruling. But how the game is set up is for everything to happen under those quarter days. And I've never had anybody leave my table, but I have had people like, so how do we take lunch? Dude, it's just implied. Why does that matter? (laughs) If you want to stop and have a little role-playing session, stop and have a little role-playing session. But it doesn't matter. Things happen on the quarter day because that's just how it wraps up. When you're doing your survival roles, you're spending a quarter day hunting. You know, if it's, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it any other way than to say that's just how the game is built. It's okay. If that's not, you know, specific enough for you, you don't like that kind of abstractness, play a different game. I'll, and I'll tell you this, it works. After playtesting it, it works. Now, Grimoires, do you, do you think you need a spell book? Well, no. I mean, because you learn all the spells once you get the prerequisite rank, right? So what do you need okay. a spell book for? 
is very, by the way, you're going to see something similar, but not exactly the same as Earth Dawn in this. Okay. So you don't need your spells written down to cast them, but it makes it easier to get it right. So Grimoires are highly sought after artifacts among sorcerers. If you cast a spell from a book or a scroll, its rank is considered one step lower than usual. Now you know how you can get rid of those dice down to zero dice? Oh, okay, okay, I see it now. Yep. In combat, okay. you must spend a fax action readying your grimoire. Basically, what page am I on? Okay, right there. <laughs> Excalibur, nice. Well, it's that's actually a legitimate uh, charm of making from uh, Druidism. But I yep. saw it in Excalibur when I was a young boy, so that's where it counts. Ah, there you go. Uh, in combat, you must spend a fast action. Uh, so writing down a spell requires you to first cast it once. Cast it, sure. uh, chance casting doesn't count. Then you must spend a quarter day with a quill in hand and make a lower roll. Basically, you have to go... Bleh, 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 bleh. Oh, shit, that worked. Okay, hold on. Okay, mm -hmm. Write that down. Exactly what I did. I turned yep. my wrist this way. I, I, and I inflected this, and I cursed yep. my mom, and it worked out. Okay. I hope my mom's okay, but you know. <laughs> uh, so quarter day in hand, and make a lore roll. Writing down a ritual takes two quarter days, so 12 hours. NPCs. NPCs don't have pools of will PowerPoints. Instead, when an NPC casts a spell, the GM may simply choose a base power level up to the caster's rank in the magic discipline used. By the way, that's a change from the first printing. Yeah, this seems uh, like NPC casters are a lot stronger than PC casters. They can be, but... Uh, how do I say? Yes, they can, but everything about NPCs seems like it's stronger until the players use teamwork. Hmm. Uh, Plus one if an ingredient is used. Roll normally to determine any overcharge or mishap. So again, they can mishap as well. And let's look at this example. I normally skip the examples, but we're going to put this all together here. The half-elf, Nirmena, has rank two in the path of blood talent and can cast blood magic spells up to that rank. So up to sure. rank two, right? When she is confronted by a rust brother at near range, because that uh, we're not looking at spells right now, but that is the range of the spell. She chooses to attempt to immolate him. Sounds good. That, that's, that's mean. Putting people on fire is mean. He carries a torch. Now, Ooh. notice that. Not she carries a torch. He carries... The Rust brother is carrying a torch. Sure. She is now going to use that torch against him. Which helps her channel the fire in the Rust brother's blood. Because, uh, as we'll see, fire is a uh, component. She spends two willpower points to power her spell. As she is a half-elf, this counts as three willpowers, and she rolls three base dice. So, you know, half-elf is, you know, give and take. She rolls... Dirty mud blood. Well, yeah, but uh, notice that she got two uh, banes also. Two, That's two because, you know... Dirty mud blood, it. so you go. <laughs> she yeah. rolls one, one uh, boon or success and two ones. The power level is five. Three from the willpower points she spent. Oh, sorry. Three from willpower. Two two points she spent. One for being a half elf. Uh, two for the success. Sorry, one for the success and one for the torch ingredient. Oof. Sure. So that's five. One more time. Two for the willpower she spent. One for her being a half elf. One for her success. Right here, the swords. Right, mm -hmm. or six if you use a regular dice, and one for the torch ingredient. That's five. Uh. Five power, power level. The Rust Brother suffers five points of damage and burns like a human torch. Unfortunately, 
uh, Nirmena also suffers a magic mishap due to the skulls. She rolls a 43 and the fire spreads through the room. Oops. Nirmana's friends, Tirgar, also suffers the damage. This is that one he's where... he's probably dead too. Because he suffers the same damage, right? Yep. Yeah, he's, he's also dead. Probably. Yeah, Unless... 90% chance that dude is charcoal Unless briquette. he's an orc. <laughs> okay, fair. Then it's possible he has a six. Yeah, well, it's also... No, but remember, you have to kill orcs twice. Oh, that's true. Yeah, he'll, he'll bounce back. That's right. I forgot about that. But hang on, hang on. So scroll back up for a second. Let me yep. see if I can if I can get my head around this. Um, let's see here. Uh, it's the ingredient thing. So the ingredient thing, you don't have to be personally holding or have the ingredient. It Correct. has to be within range of the spell and you can yes. use it. Yes. Okay, so this is near range. So any fire within near range, you can use as an ingredient. Yes. Outstanding. I like that. I put a caveat on that. Fire, I absolutely would allow. Yeah, fire uh, goes everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Something like uh, needing a coin. I'm not going to allow you to use a coin in the corner of the room. That's, that's me. That's me personally. I'm not saying it's, a, it's with the rules or against rules. I'm saying that's me personally. Uh, there has to be some sort of con for me, there has to be some sort of contact with it. In this case, the fire is fire's harder because you don't hold fire, but he is holding the torch. Yeah. So fire nearby, I just kind of see the fire leaping out at him. Sure. A, that's a personal house rule, house ruling. I'm not saying that's how the game works. I'm just letting you know that's what I do because otherwise what you'll end up having is like, well, wait a minute, there was a there's a coin in that drawer. Just because I didn't know it was there doesn't mean I can't use it, right? It's magic. No, I'm not getting that argument. No, that's with you. exactly why you can't you can't use it because you didn't know it was there. You couldn't I, I, factor it into your spell. Now, for, for my house rule, I'd be a little more lax. It'd be like, it, you have to have an ingredient within the proper range of the spell. Yeah. Near, medium, far, whatever. And you have to clearly see the ingredient to be able to focus it into your spell. As long as those two things are right, you can use it. If, they, if they're not, oh, the coins are in his pocket. Yep. Even if you know the coins are in his pocket, you can't see them. You can't visualize them, so you can't factor them into your magic. That's fair. Yeah. And, and, I, and I've seen the whole coin thing happen. That's why that, that stuck in my head on a Let's Play I watched like two or three years ago. And it made me think of that. Um, now, would I allow somebody who has an obvious coin purse? That's a tough one. Because you that's... know that there are coins there. But yeah, again, you know we're it, getting but... way too pedantic. And exactly. that's for your table to decide. Yeah. So... Um, General spells. Now, general spells are spells every every sorcerer has or wizard. Uh, every spellcaster has. Okay, so it doesn't matter who you are. You have the following spells as long as you're of the rank. So the magic magic disciplines differ, but there are certain effects and spells that all sorcerers and druids can use if skilled enough. These are called general spells. They also come in ranks, but you can use any magic talent to cast them. So if you have Path of Blood, you can use Path of Blood to cast them. If you have Path of Healing, you can use Path of Healing to cast them. So let's see what those are. Magical Seal, and we'll look over these, uh, probably all of these, because these general ones are pretty important. I know you want to cast your Path of Blood spells, but you're going to find yourself casting these more. Okay. Magical seal, sense magic, dispel magic, which is, yeah, that's going to be probably your most cast spell. Magical Obscure magic. What's that? Magical shield type thing. Um, it's your counter spell, for lack of a better term. Hmm. That, and I know we don't play new D and D, but for the new D and D players, it, it's counter spell. 
um, obscure magic, bind magic, and transfer. So bind magic is making magic items. And transfer, which uh, we'll read that in a moment. That's a fun one. So, all right. And you now have Weirdo here trying to explain to you how not to light a fireball under your own junk. Uh, so let's look at these spells. Magical seals, rank one. These are the general spells, okay? Range arm's length. So you basically have to be able to touch the thing. And the duration is a quarter day. Ingredient, if you so choose to use it, is a piece of chalk. Using the spell, you protect a person or location no bigger than a human. Now, oh God, it's weird things that people argue about. Yes, it includes an orc. Okay, if you're a normal player character, just allow them to cast it. All right. Now, but I, I understand reading this, why people would would say no, because it specifically says no bigger than a human. Yeah, that that's that's too much pedantry for me. If I know, so, I know, but it, that that's it's very specific. If somebody's playing, if somehow you let a player play a Minotaur, I get it. You know, but if it's a human, all, all, as far as I'm concerned, all of the PC races are human sized. Okay, so an orc is a little bigger. It's a football player. He's your pro wrestler. That's still basically human sized. Okay. So the power level of any spell cast against that person or place during the quarter day is decreased by the power level of the magical seal. Oh, neat. And... With a piece of chalk being a really easy ingredient, that can be too easy. Yeah. Uh, be careful with that. Remember, this is Forbidden Lands. Everything's hard to come by. But Chalk? That, seriously? Chalk. With that said, chalk wouldn't be that difficult as long as yeah. you can find some sort of civilization or a quarry. Any quarry. of it, Pretty much anything, because chalk is around pretty much every quarry. Yeah. Uh, now... I'm just saying, if you're randomly out in the woods and you don't, you're not going to find chalk just laying on the ground necessarily, but hey, there's a role for that. Uh, so what does this do? Well, it, I basically just gave him a magical shield. So if now you try to cast spells on Heathen Dog, let's say I gave him a power level three magical seal. It's going to reduce everything cast against him for six hours by three. So now that five points of damage that you could have taken and died is only two. Only being subjective, but yeah, only being probably half or more of, of your health is gone and you're horribly burned and you're writhing on the ground crying and begging for death, but you're not dead, and that's the important thing. Correct. Sense magic. Now you probably go, oh, that's just like uh, uh detect magic, right? Well, you're partially yeah, I, I, I can sense someone with they say a magical shield around them. The cool thing about this game is it pretty much says if you're a magic user, um you, you know magic, okay? So right off the bat, you can sense magic. So what's the spell good for? First of all, it goes into short range, which is kind of cool. Range one. Uh, duration is immediate, so you see it all the time. And if you have a divining rod, you know, just take a coat hanger, bend it, douse bend it, it out. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> I, no, they're, they're, this is actually in the book. You can buy one. As a sorcerer druid, you automatically sense whenever someone uses magic within short range. So if Heathen Dog were to cast a spell next to me, I'm oh, and you know he's over what ten meters away from me. I'd be like oh, you cast spells. That's neat. Even if he's trying to be sneaky, sneaky about it. Mm -hmm. Or if an item you hold is charged with magical power. Hey, can I hold that sword for a minute? Yes, you can. Ooh, this is a magic sword. You just know, no rolling. Okay. Now, if you want to know more about what kind of magic is involved, you must cast the sense magic spell. This is kind of like oh, identify. Okay. 
God, it's an identify spell. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Using this spell is also required to detect obscured magic. We'll look at that in a moment. Your power level must must then be equal to or higher than the power level of the obscure magic spell. Okay. So basically, you can cover cloak something magical. It's like, oh no, it's not magical. Don't look at this, and you can see past it if you try hard. It's just a back massager, I swear. <laughs> Dispel magic, rank two. Uh oh, what's this power word? Do you remember what power word is? That's the fast casting stuff. Yep. Yep. So dispel magic, rank two, range short. So your magical duels happen at you know pretty close range. We're talking ten meters. Mm-hmm. It's immediate, and if you have iron filings, you get a bonus. With as often as you're going to be doing this, you probably you know you you don't want to go to the whole bunch of iron filings in a nice waterproof pouch. And uh, you know, you, the, sorry, sorry, fighter, one of your swords is missing, but you know, I, I, I had just, to grind it down. Kind of done it. <laughs> You can interfere with the spells cast by other magic users. This spell is reactive and breaks the initiative order in combat, just like dodge and parry, if you remember from last week. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. You decrease the power level of your opponent's spell with the power level of your dispel. Now, let's arbitrarily say you cast, oh, I forgot the name of the damn spell, magic seal on yourself. Sure. Because why would you not? Yeah, it's <laughs> stupid not to. I mean, if I'm going into combat in the next six hours, that, that I know that... Uh, harkon the black is involved i'm gonna throw that on you know i'm, right. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna put it on like like a nice uh comfy coat now on top of that you have your dispel magic so you let's so you what would we say you drop down three because you had your magical seal on that was three right well now with your dispel magic if you get two successes that complete five points of horrific damage that was about to immolate you into uh you know a joan of arc yep well now it's nothing so it takes multiple steps but is this not thematic of how wizards in movies and in books work they have the ability of well first of all they cast the ability to protect themselves from magic knowing that that is a temporary shield of some sort and then they have the ability to counter they don't just rely on well i hope my counter works i'm screwed no they go in there with some foresight and some planning and then also have the immediate reaction available to them. I think this makes perfect sense. I like it. I've had people complain about it. Like, really? I have to spend all that willpower to make this happen? Hey, uh, guess what the other guy's doing, too? Spending all that willpower to try to, you know... A duel of wizards is a duel of masochism. <laughs> yeah. Masochism and strategy. Yeah. Yes. That's basically what it is. Because, you know... Uh... This this power is a spell, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a spell. Yeah, it's, it's a general spell, which means if someone else has this spell too, which they do, yep, they can use it against your use of it if they wanted to, as a reaction, right? That it no. get it can get weird real quick, but that's what happens well, in wizard duels. You're, Shit gets you're weird still real quick. bound between the fast action, slow action limitation. Sure. So you can counter spell, or I'm sorry, dispel magic, and cast a spell. Sure. But this will prevent you from preparing a spell and getting the, the more right. powerful right. version of the spell. You won't be able spell. to use a grimoire or, or grab an ingredient or whatever, unless you already have it in your hand, you planned on using it. You know, or, or grabbing an ingredient for a spell you weren't prepared for, stuff like that. You won't be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Because you used your fax action as, uh, as the counter spell type deal. Exactly. But it seems like you can counter a counter. 
If you, yeah, if you, it's because it's a spell. It is also a spell. I've actually, I've never seen that come into play. Let's read this uh, more in depthly and see what it says here, because it's a fast action. It's used, it's used as a reaction. I don't think you can because it's used as a reaction. It's actually a reaction. Okay, hang on. Someone cast you, you, okay. You have an action and a fast action. Okay. Mm-hmm. I go first. I cast, just say it, fireball. Okay. Right. And you, as a fast action, counter my fireball. I haven't used my fast action either. In reaction to your spell use. No, he can't do that. Why? Because uh, you, because you're still doing your slow action. Because remember, casting a spell is a slow action. You can't use your fast action on top of your slow action. He will get his fast action off before you. Now, you still have your fast action available to do something, to counter. If after his fast action, he decides to cast a spell on you, which he probably is, then you can use your fast action to counter that one. You can't counter his dispel in that regard. What I'm more concerned about is could somebody else with a fast action available? So while you're casting your spell and I use my fast action to dispel it, could somebody else use that to dispel my dispel? That's uh, what. That's what I I'm more. Think, yeah, I be, because if if the if the only caveat to not being able to counter someone's counter is because at the moment you are doing a regular action, so you physically cannot. Someone hiding behind a tree, but but still within short range, can counter his counter because it is that, a spell that would require because a person cannot act outside of his initiative. Except no, no. For this would it's be a reaction. reaction. It's a reaction. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. if you rolled a one or or a, or a hundred for initiative, uh, whatever it is. But uh, if he got last or first, it's a reaction, mm-hmm. which means it bypasses initiative. That's, that's an. I would have to check their forms up to find out. Can a fast action be countered by another fast action? Because usually, no. You can't counter a dodge with with something like I'm not going to let him dodge. Well, like, there, there I, is not a fast action that counters a dodge, right? I mean, you theoretically could, yeah, you could, you could probably parry a dodge. You could probably dodge a dodge, shoulder block him. I mean, well, considering what dodge, be a dodge is, because a, a a dodge is is making sure physical contact doesn't happen. Uh, once again, a parry uh, is a block, which in which necessitates physical contact, but you can't dodge a dodge. Well, here, here's what I'm going to tell you. I will rule no, you can't. I'm just going to be blunt about that. I will say no, you can't. If your table, you want to allow it, because it could be interesting. It yeah. could absolutely be interesting about. It's like, why didn't my spell work? There's, oh crap! You know, you got somebody else whose whose dispel came in there. I could see this being interesting, but for for me, for the sake of keeping the game going, uh, even without seeing what an official ruling for that would be, is I would just say no. Like it's between these two here, and I know you could say, but I'm holding my action. I have stated that I'm conditionally waiting on watching him cast a spell. Then I'm going to throw the dispel out there. That's a tough one for me to argue no, but yeah. Yeah, uh, Max and I both agree that this sequence of events cannot happen. See, uh, Wizard 1, cast spell. Wizard 2, I dispel. Wizard 1, cast dispel. Wizard 2, I cast... Yeah, no, no. You can't have the You can't have the on top of counter, 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 counter. Because yeah. remember, the first wizard is doing a slow action. Yes. He's still, he's still finishing weaving his first spell. He can't yeah. react to anything while he's still doing that. It's kind of like he has both hands on the wheel. He He can't you know, he can't, uh, you know, pick up his phone or do anything like that. He's, he's yeah. concentrating on this. He's in the middle of a turn for crying out loud. Keep, 
calm down. I, I'm really torn on the other part, though. Like I'm yeah, saying, because I'm a, saying a third no. Guy but... hiding behind a tree, you know, yeah. it is a spell. Yeah. Counter or uh, dispel magic is a spell. It says it. it says yeah. so. So that means it should be able to be dispelled. Now the person you're casting it on cannot because he's busy. He's got his hands full. But someone still within short range, still watching. Yeah. By the book, it seems so far can dispel a dispel as a reaction yeah i mean I, I'm, I'm not saying you're wrong i'm just saying like i i, I don't want to get jumped down that rat i would want to avoid that rabbit hole in my game is what i'm saying at the same time it should be a perfectly viable tactic to do what you said like hey go out there and fight and i've got the dispel when he tries to cast a spell on you sure you, you know so that's that's really a tough one. I think what I'd ultimately rule, like like I said, right off the top of my head, I'm saying no, 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 right? Uh, again, because I haven't had to deal with this. Uh, I usually have healers. Is I, yeah, yeah, wow. Is I, I don't want to dive down the rabbit hole. I think it makes sense, though. I think it does make sense. I think you might be right on that one. Um, it, it really just comes down to fast action versus fast action. I. I if there's some weird ruling that I don't know off the top of my head that talks about fast action versus fast action, I would never discuss it this long at the table. Sure. You know, we're kind of theory crafting here. Yes or no, and then after the game, yeah. everyone would make their case. Yes. So, all right. Well, let's uh, let's continue on here. You decrease the power level of your opponent's spell at the power level of your dispel. If the result is zero or less, your opponent's spell has no effect at all. Or, I mean, hey, at least you, hopefully, you know, dim down the damage a little bit right sure you must both roll for overcharge and mishaps like he was saying is, a moment ago magic is a spell right it is so a spell yes it, it overcharges and mishaps just like every other spell and you must decide how many willpower you spend on your dispel before you both roll funny thing is is i haven't used wizards on my side as npcs yet so it's always just been the players with npcs so i haven't run into this other than you know the player characters just doing some test rolls what you know what I'm afraid of? I'm afraid of the Shadowrun scenario. How's that? I have one more wizard than you, I win. Yeah. Yeah. But okay, let's go on. Let's go to obscure magic. Its range is personal because it's for you. Its duration is immediate and piece of cloth. If you want to cast a spell unnoticed, you must obscure your magic. This requires one extra willpower point that does not count toward the power level of the spell. This is what okay. si silent casting, or is that what they call it now? Uh, in D&D, obscuring magic does not count as an action in itself. To detect your obscured spell, another magic user must actively survey the area by casting sense magic. So, uh, you have to, you know, I feel there's foul magic afoot here. Let yeah, me Yeah, you have to think something's up. Yep. Okay, got it. But, but it does cost an extra willpower point. Yes. It's going to cost two. Well, minimum. three. Minimum. Look, yeah. Two minimum. Oh, it's rank well, two. Okay, no, so three minimum. Yeah. Bind magic. Now, this is a ritual spell, so let's see how long this ritual takes. Uh, it's personal. Their duration varies, and you'll see that in a moment. It's a, was it, it's a day or forever or forever plus. Uh, forever plus. That? You'll see. Uh, quill or chisel. Uh, so, skilled sorcerers and druids can bind spells to dead objects. I, I don't like that term, dead objects. It, it's inanimate objects. Inanimate. Okay? Yeah, inanimate yeah. objects. Yeah, yeah. To create magical traps or powerful magical artifacts, you cast a spell like any other and choose how many willpower points to spend, but you must also spend extra willpower to bind your spell to an object instead of unleashing its power immediately. Rituals sure. cannot be bound. Uh, so, roll for any overcharge of mishap when the spell is bound. So, you know, 
I created a magic item, but then a demon grabbed me and pulled me into another dimension, and you know, life sucks. Um, the actual willpower. Actually, no, hang on. Before you do that, read the rest of it. I want to see what else happens. The extra willpower do affect this roll, but don't count towards the power level. If you spend one additional willpower, the magic lingers for one day. Okay. Or if or until the spell is triggered. Yeah. If you spend two additional willpower, the magic lingers lingers forever, but dissipates. Basically, a one use forever spell. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And then if you spend five willpower points, the object lasts forever, and it, it can be used once per day. Yes. At the cost and willpower points equal to this. Oh shit! So you're going to be a pretty powerful caster or a pretty risky caster to make this one. Yeah. You can bind the spell in whatever manner you wish. You decide how the spell is triggered. Common methods include certain phrase being uttered, or that the you know like I, only I can make it through this door or something, or that uh, uh, or that the object is open, broken, or thrown to the ground. Once the spell is triggered, it has the same effect as if it had been cast normally. Okay, as if it had been cast normally. Now, it doesn't say, but it seems like non-spellcasters can use magical items. Yes, artifacts, yes. That means the roll is a carbon copy of your original roll yes. to bind it. So that also means if you screw up the binding and you have like three mishaps, every time that thing goes off, it's going to cause the person... No, 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 it, no, it, it only happens to the wizard at the time of the binding. So, but, so it won't happen. So if you, if he rolls three mishaps, that's not going to happen to the person using it. That only happens to the wizard as he's binding the item. But all of the successes that, that may add to the power level of the spell yes. and all does, does transfer over to the Ye user. Yes. Yeah. This isn't something that I've, I dove into, I've play tested this personally myself a long time ago. And what I came to the conclusion of is you are spending a ton of willpower to do this, to get a very minimal effect. Unless, true. unless you roll well, or you just only care that it's a one use item. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I, I kind of like the idea that the bonuses and the minuses transfer forever to the person who is using it. Because that that's a really cool way to introduce cursed items. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, but there's a different way to introduce cursed items. But yeah, okay. I like this one though. Like, oh crap! I screwed this one up. I'm gonna throw it in the garbage. Or, or <laughs> hear me out. I'm gonna give it to Bob. <laughs> Here you go, Bob. <laughs> Why is it always Bob? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's look at the last general spell, and then for the rest of the spells, we're just gonna cover. Uh, we'll cover a couple of them just so you can understand the theme of the talents. Okay transfer so arm's length so touch somebody immediate a drop of your blood well that's starting to sound gross right yeah but it's hey it's the easiest thing to get it's free yeah. you can use this spell to steal willpower points from others or to give your willpower to someone else oh that's so dark side i love it the base cost to cast a spell is one willpower and you can then take or give as many willpower as you want so the first one's on you after that hey whatever you want if your target opposes the transfer it's not so easy in this case, you transfer uh, no more willpower than the power level of the transfer. So if somebody's willing, you can take them all. Sure. The but willpower used not, to... Then you have to, to come out ahead. You have to pump up the power level of your spell without using willpower yourself, or it's just going to be a zero-sum deal. I mean, you, I mean, you, I mean, you, have, three, you get three. You have that, to use willpower. 
Well, you have to use one, right? Well, you but, have to use one, but if you're trying to bump up that power level, you have the ingredient. So there's there's two. one, and maybe you're a half elf. <laughs> that's three. So you're using one, you're possibly getting three. That's a good deal. But yeah. if you have to pump up to three using willpower, that you're only going to get three. What if they don't even have three? Then you're just bone. Yeah. <laughs> Violence says, "What did Bob do to you? Give it to Dan. Yeah, you know what? Give it to Dan. We haven't talked about oh. Dan in a long time. <laughs> oh yeah, he he, he can uh, he can use that uh, that fight that cursed fireball generator as he's jumping off the cliff. <laughs> there you go. All right, let's. Uh, here's healing. Or bridge. We're, we're not we're not gonna uh, cover them all. I'm gonna just scroll down slowly. I'm gonna let he Heathen Dog pick one. Give me the healing hands, baby. Give me the healing hands. Okay. So there are three ranks. Um. So. Okay, well, the healing hands, and then, you know, if you see another one you want us to stop at, we'll do that. So healing hands, rank one. Arms length, so you got to touch, duration's immediate, and ingredient oh. is clay. Clay. Which okay. shouldn't be also, too hard to get. to get. You know, five minutes of digging in most biomes, you'll get clay at some point. Okay. You can heal damage to strength or agility by laying your hands on the wounded. You immediately heal a number of points equal to the power level. The spell does okay. not affect critical injuries, and you cannot heal yourself. Okay, number one, lame. Number two, <laughs> uh, heal damage to strength or agility, not both. That's an or, which mm -hmm. means you have to focus on one or the other each time yep. you cast. And this has absolutely okay. happened in a game where uh, a person needed both healed and you can only do one at a time. Yep. Yep. Okay. There's nature's cure, banished no, go, demon. Go to, rank two. go to rank two. Okay, well, okay, rank two is banished demon. Uh, okay. Purge okay. undead. And Resurrection. Nope, that's rank three. Okay. And mend wounds. I mean, we can skip to the resurrection if you want. I don't care. We don't have no, to no, cover no. all the spells. Let's, let's do the, the one above mend wounds. What is that? Uh, banished demon? Yeah, banished demon. Okay. Rank no, 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 two. No, no. Go, go, wait, no, that's not it. Go down. Go down. Oh, purge there. undead? Purge undead. Okay. There it is. Purge undead. Rank two. Range near. Duration immediate. Hey, you can have a holy symbol. I mean, you are a druid, right? You probably got some missile tools somewhere. You probably get one of those at character creation because you're a druid, so whatever. Yeah. Dead rising from their graves is a violation of the order of nature, and they must be stopped. I hate druids I now. I hate druids I and everything to do with them. <laughs> no, I, I completely agree. Uh, this is this is a factual statement. All right. Okay. This spell inflicts damage to strength equal to the power level on one undead target. Now remember, well, remember most undead, at least the unthinking undead, don't have wits and empathy. They sure. just have strength and agility. So. Yeah. Uh, this is just doing damage to him. Basically, you're hitting him with a sunbeam, and it's doing holy damage to him, for lack of a better term. Okay. You said you want to see resurrection? Oh, yeah. Resurrection's the jam. Yeah. Okay. Rank three, arm's length, immediate item owned by the target. And no, I will not let you take a little cotton shirt off of the person. It's either going to be something meaningful or something expensive. Oh. Uh, resurrection is not a... Uh, I hate it when resurrections are whack-a-mole. Now... You can channel nature's forces to resurrect a dead person, not as undead, but truly alive, because for That's some a reason. Good distinction. Yeah. But why did it need to be said? It's resurrection, but okay, you know, fine. Well, yeah, it depends on your point of view, I guess. <laughs> Fair enough. The more time that has passed since the target died, the more difficult it is. Within the same quarter day requires power level one. Within a okay. full day requires power level two, and within weeks requires power level three. Weeks, you can still do this. If one week. over. Uh, or sorry, within a week. I'm sorry, within a week. If over a week has passed, the body is too decomposed to be resurrected. So you got a week. Well, hang person, on, hang on. What if I put him in a in an ice box? 
you know what, if somehow you can come up with some science and justify that, that would never happen. Yeah, you, you, um, you probably can, but that's lame. So we're going to move on. <laughs> <laughs> the same quarter day. Uh, so if over weeks, uh, a person brought back to life loses one point of empathy permanently. Well, you can still get it through experience points, right? Thank you. But it's never going to come back on its own. Uh, no, you don't, you can't raise attributes, remember? Oh, shit. That was the whole point of why you yeah. want to start a character as young and not old. Yeah, fair. Um, as having seen the world beyond the veil will change person's outlook on life forever. Yeah, the person might be angry, like, dude, I know what happens when we die. I don't want to die. Or it could be like, you took me back from the most beautiful yeah, place ever. Exactly. What is wrong with you? Exactly right. I mean, uh, it's it's either it's either PTSD for having gone there, or you got PTSD for having to come back. Yeah. Either way, you're you're just a little more dickish than you used to be. Uh, Serenity, okay, uh, then and Weathermaster. Uh, so shape shifting, and we're just gonna unless you really want to see one, we're gonna skip most of these. Oh, here's the here they are: animal speech, cat's paw, Hawkeye, Beastmaster. Maybe we'll look at that one. Bear's claw, deer dash, animal form, primal and soul. primal soul. Okay, we can look at primal soul. That's Go to that one. Primal Soul. I've never had anybody play the Beastmaster version, so I think I've passed it. Yeah, I passed it. Yeah, Primal Soul. There it is. Everybody always goes healing, so. <laughs> Rank three, range long. Wow. Nice. So that's out to 100 yards or meter, whatever. 15 yeah. minutes. One turn, 15 minutes. You need a claw or a tooth, which, you know what? If you've survived a few fights, you probably have that. Or take one of your own. Yeah, you can pull out, pull out a tooth. I mean, it's going to hurt, but you're a, you're a magic user. You're used to that. So it's um, fine. Now, Hawkman says use ice magic to freeze the corpse. Unfortunately, that is not in the core game. If you want something like that, you will have to buy the Bitter Reach. And the, yes, there's in this, there's the new sorcerer in, the, in Bitter Reach is the Elementalist. The new druid in here is the Ice Druid or whatever it's called. I don't know why the sorcerer gets all the elements, but the druid only gets ice. But hey. Actually, it makes sense because it's a bit of reach and that's what's natural up here. I get it. But All right. So not in the base game, though, buddy. Not going to have it. Okay. So you can awaken primal emotions in the minds of others. The power level must be equal to or higher than the victim's current wit score. So you want to get a dum-dum. Or, or uh, emotionally damage them enough. There you go. For example, you can bring out the rage of a boar, the laziness of a cat. Oh, come on now. Or the timidity of a sparrow. Exactly how the victim reacts is up to the GM. If you want to affect the mood of a crowd or in a more general way, a small crowd requires power level two, a big crowd requires three, a whole village four. Oh man, you you can you can make everyone riot. This is the the what what's the earth done? Um Yeah, yeah, the the uh, troubadour power. Uh, yeah, exactly. I forget the name of it, but I know it's what you're not talking a motion about. song because that's one no, per, no, uh, no. Yeah, you know it, what I'm uh, talking you, about. You can actually you can actually turn the turn the group think. Yep. of an entire crowd one way or another or stuff like that. And that's exactly what this thing does. And that is very dangerous because a group of people who, who decide to choose violence is a very scary thing. All right. The next but one oh. on the other side, a group of violent people, you can, you know, turn into an orgy. Really? I mean, <laughs> well, it's gotta be some sort of animal thing. So, you know, but yeah, cause it's a druid, but yeah. Um, now the last, uh, last talent is awareness. We have a light bringer, true sight, oh, words of the wind, far sight, oh, nope. true Sorry. path, visions of the past, divination, intuition, and telepathy. True sight. Okay. True sight. Rank one, distant, 
So that means you can do as far as you can see, basically, you can do this. Great. I mean, it's true sight. You're seeing, right? Yeah, it's range of sight. So I get it. One round and you got to kill some ants. I mean, have a magnifying glass. Sure. Make, that makes sense, too. You can enhance your vision to be unnaturally sharp and see details at distant ranges as if you stood right next to the object in question. Oh, that's you called, cool. You should have called this hawk sight or something more druidy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True sight also lets you see in darkness through smoke and fog and automatically see through any kind of disguise or shape shift. Okay, you, now, now, it's getting, now it's getting cooler. Yep. Yeah, now it's where I don't like it anymore. <laughs> uh, you, and remember, I if for people who have watched other streams, uh, I removed True Sight from all my D and D games. It does not exist in the game yep. because I've had adventures ruined because of that. Now, uh, moving on here. So, uh, you must have a clear line of sight to whatever you want to look at. Basically, you can't see through trees, but if you're on top of the mountain and you want to look way down kilometers away. Anything you, up to your normal line of sight, which is, which, you know, can be up to 10 miles in really, really clear weather. You will, you will, you will be able to examine as if it was right next to you. At the cost Between, of your magnifying glass. Yeah, at the, at the cost of your magnifying glass, but whatever. I mean, uh, you, you can read fine print on a book that's a mile away. Now, to be clear, so I don't get a bad comment. I know you don't have to use the magnifying glass. No, I'm just no. saying. Okay, uh, so we're skipping the rest. Of now we're at sorcerers, okay? Sorcerers get four uh, possible talents or disciplines where the druid only had three. So okay. symbolism, the discipline of symbolism uses runes, esoteric signs, and symbols that reflect the underlying patterns of the world. All right, let's... Uh, uh, jar carved symbolism requires no ingredients apart from the symbols themselves. If they are carved or drawn in any way, they count as ingredients from a rule standpoint, meaning the power level is increased by one. Drawing a symbol takes a few minutes and cannot be done in the heat of battle. Basically, you have to draw the symbol accurately, correctly, not beforehand. just draw. What's that? Probably beforehand. Yeah, probably beforehand. It's you can't just. You can't just put like, a, a, okay, I'm done. I made my symbol. No, you are putting effort into that symbol. So carving a symbol, a symbol in a stone takes one quarter day or more. The sorcerer decides when the symbol is activated. Even a drawn or carved, carved symbol only works once. Okay. So, but the difference is, is if you draw it on something that could get ruined pretty easily. If you carve it in something, you've got that thing, you know, barring something really weird happening, you've got that thing available to you. So what do we want? We have entice, horrify, paralyze, blind, illusion, mind trick, puppeteer, power rune, and portal. Which one do you want? Okay, to two of them right away. Horrify and power rune. Those are the ones that I'm worried about. Okay, so one and three. Horrify and power rune. Well, here's horrify. Wow, that's a short one. Rank yeah, one, range short, duration immediate. Pretty and doesn't even. Oh, that's right, because the only symbol you need is or is your symbol. Uh, the symbol awakens a deep fear in the victim who suffers damage to wits equal to the power level. No effect on monsters. Oh, so you can only horrify people. I would say anything that has like, yeah. Generally speaking, yes. I wouldn't say it works on like an undead or something, but I don't see why it might not work on a minotaur or an ogre. Well, well, I would let the game master make the call on that one. Okay, yeah. If if I were the game master, I would say if the description of the of the enemy says monster anywhere, that's fair. Doesn't work. Fair. That's but fair. you know, animals—they're not monsters. They're—it's a boar. It's—it's it's a horse. You can horrify those. They're not monsters. I don't but know if this a game I or a basilisk or whatever. Those are monsters. You you can't horrify monsters. 
Yeah, I mean, some games like Pathfinder is a good example, and in Earthdawn, actually, modern Earthdawn does this as well. There's a lot of difference. Like, is it a beast? Is it undead? Is it a creature? Is it a monster? Is it like? Oh, here we go. Here we go. What reactionary gaming says? Uh, anything with empathy stat. It might like, because undead, like especially the the uh, the dumb undead, they don't have that stat, right? They don't have empathy, right? Yeah, so it definitely he, he, wouldn't he, work he, on those. I'd have I, to look. You have to see. You know, is, is there a correlation between things that I believe are monsters and things that have no empathy? Then, if that's true, then that's that's a that's an easy that's an easy glance and say yes or no. So I would have to look it up. It's in the game master guide. I didn't read the game master guide before doing this playthrough, and I haven't run the game in a while. Um, I I seem to remember that there are distinctions. I'm one of those people that don't like those kind of distinctions, but here in this case, it I, it makes sense, I guess. Um, where well, seriously, you can have like 15 categories of what something is, but you know, uh, reactionary principle might be right, and that might be just anything without empathy, because there are caveats like that in the game master's guide. So um, now, uh, what was the other one that you wanted to see? Power rune. The power no. rune. What was it power, power rune? rune. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so it's a ritual, so it's gonna take oh. you some time to do it. Uh, arm's length so you have to be able to touch something you can charge a symbol with power the symbol must be drawn or carved into an object which is then charged with a number of willpower points equal to the power level you can use the symbol later to cast spells oh look at that oh stored oh. willpower oh stored it's a mana battery you don't need to bind magic to use the spell other spell binders killed in the art of runes can use your power runes if they have access to them so keep them to yourself Okay. Okay. No, this is cool. This is cool. Yeah. Like if you have say you know, a rock or, or a, a painting or some, some object, you, you carve a power root in it, you charge it up, you have it in your pocket. And when you want to use it, you, you grab it and then you just suck out the, cause your arm's length, right? So you got to grab it. So you, you, you grab it and you use the stored willpower rather, or use a stored willpower and your own willpower to create a nuke. Yep. Awesome. So, awesome. so Mr. Max, I know that goblins and orcs aren't monsters in this game because they're player characters, but I guess the question would be, is a minotaur, is an ogre? Because remember, ogre is a, is a, was a dwarf-human hybrid. Is it dwarf-human or dwarf? Whatever. Uh, hybrid? Is that a monster or no? Again, I hate games that have those like those 15 different layers of distinction. Well, that's a beast, not a creature. Well, it's a creature, not an animal. That's an animal. It's like, oh my god. Like I sometimes think that stuff gets too crazy. And if it's just as simple as what you said previously, that it's anything with empathy, the, uh, yeah. I, I'll go with that. I like that concept. And this yeah, game does that. Yeah. All right. Now let's go to Path uh, Stone Song. So stone singing originated among the dwarves and helps them shape the bedrock of the world according to the mission from the god Huge or Huge. I don't know. Uh, the discipline has spread from the dwarves to the elves and humans who have also found good use for this form of magic. There, what, uh, what do you want to see? We have dust from the deep. Stun, voice of the mountain. Stonesmith, stone storm. Wither, earthquake, iron song, and summon golem. Okay, stun, obviously, because that, that seems like something that a lot of newbies are going to have. And iron, no, summon golem sounds like something that a big bad would have. So okay. yeah, stun and, and summon golem. Okay, stun. Rank one, short, immediate, and you know, if you have a horn. <laughs> ah, I'm stunned. <laughs> Your mighty voice is so strong. Or or your mighty playing. Or, or what? Yeah. 
Well, remember, uh, this is Stone Song, so you're usually going to be singing or chanting to get the magic out. Nope, I'm blowing uh, my horn, baby. In this case, you can blow your horn, yes. Uh, around you are stunned. Your song causes one point of damage to agility per power level. Ooh. You can di uh, distribute. That's pretty cool because uh, most damage goes to strength, so people bump that one up, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of times, unless they're an archer of some sort, they don't. They're not using the agility. Right? Yeah. Uh, you can distribute the damage across as many opponents as you want. Holy balls. But well, if you if you do four points of damage, you can do two and two or one, 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 one or one, 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 two. Uh, the targets may attempt to resist the effect by rolling for insight. Each success rolled negates one point of damage. No effect against monsters again. Again, there has to be. It's it, This is the second time we've read this about spells and monsters. There has to be a strong, you know, really solid delineation between monsters and not monsters. Again, I don't have a, the Game Master Guide back there. Some you guys out there in chat land can look it up or put it in comments. I just, I just haven't read it recently. So... Uh, what was the next one? Oh, you wanted to summon Golem. Yeah, yeah, the last one. The the big the big whopper. Wow, that is long too. Yep, okay. Summon Golem, rank three, ranged near, so good you're not summoning it on your own toes. Sure. Quarter day. Oh, it lasts a quarter day. And oh. you will for a benefit you get a stone or use a stone figuring. Is this a ritual spell? Uh, it is not. Not a ritual spell. Nope. Wow. Okay. Oh, and uh some someone said something earlier. Uh did I star it? Oh yeah, right here. I start it, but I want to get to it now because this is this is the second time it's going to come up. Uh, it's said in the very beginning of Magic that ingredients are used once and then lost. Specifically, it doesn't matter said. how common the ingredient is, or if the ingredient is a ten thousand dollars stone statue that looks freaking awesome. But guess what? I'm going to ruin it because that's what you do when you use it as a spell ingredient. It is destroyed. It's gone. It's done. There is no coming back from that. So no, your ingredients are one use only. Yep. And this is, remember the benefit that it gives might not seem like a lot, but if you're trying to see something way down the line and you're trying to do effectively a scouting role to see mm -hmm. what's down there, every success matters. So yeah, I mean, if you want to expend that now, is magnifying glass hard to get? I don't know. It's it's going to be in the player's handbook, which I have right next to me, but I'm not. I'm looking at it right now, but I'm not going to look it up. That's for your table. But it, don't cheapen the use of a focus by said. Oh, you know what? Yeah, you've got a hundred of them, or make the make the player buy them. You know, that's just or make them, or make them. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I mean, I I can carve a stone figurine. It'll it'll take a half day, but if if I have the clay, I can do it. And next week, monsters, specific category of creature in this game. Okay, so Violence Loves Everything says it's a specific category of creature in this game. Okay. As, um, as, as long as it, in the write-up it says if it's monster or not, this thing works. The other thing, um, remember, we're not covering it until next week, but you're going to have your stronghold. And one part of the stronghold is the ability to create your, uh, your items. Uh, now, uh, what are we doing with the stone golem here? Your song can summon a, a servant creature. Wow. Can summon servant creatures from the very rock. Nice. It's like an obsidian. Yep. The golem obeys your orders during the present quarter day. Then it turns into an inanimate statue. Okay. Well, at least it doesn't turn around and punch you in the face. Well, it, it gives you something. It gives you art at the end. That's nice, right? Uh, then turns into an. Okay. The golem can only perform basic tasks and it must remain within your view. Okay. The stats of the golem depend on the power level. Power level one creates a small creature with strength two, agility one, and, and stone, stone skin, skin with, with armor, armor three. So that's good. 
Well, arm rating three means you roll three dice to try to avoid damage. Better nothing. Yeah, that is true. Every increased power level increases both strength and armor rating by one. Oh, so agility stays at one. Nah, that that's fair. I okay. mean, it's a big rock guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I get it. I get it. You can also use the power level to create more golems at the same time. Every increase in power level creates an additional golem. For example, power level four allows you to create three golems with strength three and armor rating four. Wow. So using this spell plus a power, plus the the, the little power battery thing we saw earlier, can (laughs) create a, a squad of super hardcore killing machines. But just just so people don't get too crazy. But for six hours. It's a rank three ability, so you're not starting off the game with this. No, no. And uh, by this point, you're going to need those, you know, uh, know, walking army of stone creatures. Oh, wait, wait. The last paragraph is important. This spell can only be used in the terrain type mountain or cave. You have to have sufficient rock. That's what it's trying to tell you. But mountain or cave, quarry would do just fine, right? Mm -hmm. Well, there, there's no, there's, fine. there's no terrain type quarry in the game. That would I either, know, I know. That would but be mountain or cave. Yeah, if, if you are around a whole bunch of loose rocks, or say you're at Stonehenge, I'm, I'm gonna let you do it. Yeah, you know, there's enough free rock around. I'm gonna let you do it. Uh, what the the way the game would identify it is that quarry is either mountain or cave. Uh, like that's just how it would be done. So, blood magic. I think this is the last one, isn't it? Blood magic derives yep. its power from life itself and its liquid essence, blood. Okay, okay. Any, anyone who, who describes blood as liquid essence, I'm throwing garlic at. All right. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, through the power of blood, the sorcerer can both benefit and bleed the target of his spells. Oh, okay, okay. Right, okay. So where's the li- Why didn't we get a list for this Why don't one? we have a list? Where the hell's the list? Apparently, uh, you have to do... Oh, there we are. Oh, there we are. Okay. Firewalker, stir yeah. the blood, bind okay. demon, sure. blood bond, immolate, oh, awesome. blood curse, blood channeling, and oh, bind soul. Okay. We're looking uh, at that one. Uh, blood bond, I think, okay. is, is going to be good. And I'm looking blood at bind soul. Curse. Okay. No, no, blood. not bind soul. Don't, don't give souls are shit. Blood curse. That's, uh, that's the, mm, that's where we're going to do there. all three of those. We're going to do blood okay. bond, blood curse, and bind soul. Okay. Uh, so blood bond there's bind a oh, blood bond rank two arm slank got touch immediate your own target's blood oh well hey you have to use or, or your own oh i'm sorry you're right i i did say that wrong your own or the target's blood so eh. right stab if, if him or stab you cut and bleeding you can use it if you are cut and bleeding you can use it you can cut yourself and you can use it well, let's see or, or you have your blood in a little vial like uh, like like some weird Angelina Jolie bullshit. You could do that too. It's good. Okay. You can transfer blood and the inherent energy of it to or from another being of the same kin as yourself. So if you're human, uh, it's only going to another human. human. Human to human, orc to orc, elf to elf. Yeah. I get it. Okay. You can transfer a number of attribute points of any attribute equal to the Ooh. power level to or from the target. Wow. Starting- the starting attribute rating cannot be passed. Oh, is this oh, a heal? Okay, this is a heal. Okay, okay. So this is basically healing damage yeah, by okay. damaging someone else. It's necromancy healing. Yeah, it, I love it. I love it. I'm attribute, all about this. Attribute points lost in this way can be recovered normally. An unwilling victim can make an insight roll with negative modification uh, to the power level. To resist the spell, the spell can be used to get a broken person up on his feet, but has no effect on critical injuries. Yeah, you, okay. this is like... 
We don't. What, what happened to our druid? Where our druid? So remember, the druid can't heal herself, so she's down. Ah oh, man. Well, wait, wait, wait. Who who put her down? That guy over there. All right. Like I said. No, it has to be you. It has to be you or your target. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay, okay. But oh, yeah, yeah. Their target's covered in blood already. The the druid's oh, no. covered in blood. Oh, yeah. yes, it is. Oh, then so there you go. And you're, uh, then you're good to go. Yeah. All right. Remember the the material components just add to the roll. They're not right. They add right. add one power level. Yeah. Did you say bind soul? No. Oh, no that was that was the last. Oh, okay, that's right. That's the one I said. Bind soul. Where's blood curse? There's blood bond. Rank two. It should be a rank two. Yeah, it should be. Blood channel. Oh, there it is. Blood curse. Yep. Oh, it's a ritual. Oh, sweet. Okay. Unlimited range. Unlimited range. Wow. You could do this to the moon. <laughs> if the a moon had blood, I'm sure. Yeah. A quarter day per power level. Per and power level. So it's already three, right? So you're looking at 18 hours? Yeah. Base? But if you use your ingredient, which is hair or part of the victim's body, hair. Proink. I don't know. Part, part, or, part seems okay. Or, you know, a hairbrush. Pick out a hairbrush. It's all good. You got a strand of hair from them. Now it's four. Now it's a whole day. 24 hours. Now what does it do for this 24 hours? That's what I want to know. Let's you see. place a blood curse on your victim who must I'm be a living it. humanoid. I love that energy. Love you it. must know your victim's name and know who he is. At least approximately. No, 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 no. Oh, no, where? Where he, where he is. Where they are. Approximately. So, like, oh, he's in He's in the village of yeah, Scant. That's that's okay. what I would do. I'd say you okay. have to at least know he's in the village, yes. Yeah. Uh, or in the forest. The, 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 the forest of Weyrith or yeah. the, the, the mountains of Thrall or whatever. Yeah, yeah, right, right. The victim suffers damage to an attribute of your choice. The amount of damage equals the power level, and the victim takes one point of damage per quarter day until the full effect is reached. Oh, my is re God. So we're looking at a minimum of four if you have hair or part of the body. But let's just say you don't. It's three. That's 18 hours. That that means three quarter days. They're, they're taking three points of damage to the attribute over the next 18 hours. They're going to be freaking the hell out. Hey, heathen dog, what are you doing for this quarter day? Oh, I'm making camp. Okay, while you're making camp, can you reduce your agility by one? No. No, no, you no, will. You will do that. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I phrase it as a question. No, it's not a question. It's a statement. You lost one agility. Oh yeah, you're, you're I'm feeling... not making camp anymore. This is dangerous. <laughs> you're feeling fatigued. It's just tiring. Oh, it's not a good day. No, it was a great, bright, sunny day. Yeah, not for you. <laughs> no, not, not for me, man. I'm just not feeling it. And oh, then there is six one hours more later, you have a nap. You wake up, and 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 suddenly you your hand eye coordination is for shit, and you're you're a little dizzy. You're like, what the hell? What the hell's going on? Am I poisoned? This is crazy. Yeah, I have I crazy. have to know bind soul. So uh, rank three ritual. It better be a ritual. Arms length duration. Oh, it varies. Why? Because souls are weird, I guess. And oh, oh ingredient sacrificial knife. <laughs> You're okay. Aztec now. Through this ritual, you can extract a victim's soul from his blood and capture it in a vessel of some kind, such as a mirror, a jewel, or a weapon. Your victim must make an insight roll with a negative modification equal to the power level. If the roll fails, the victim is bound to the vessel for a quarter day. That's it. Hang power on. level two or higher uh power level two okay sorry making the effect last one full day requires power level two or higher and if you want the victim to remain in the vessel forever or up to time of your choosing requires power level three okay that that's whatever that's fine i can dig it you can specify a condition that must be filled to free the soul 
The victim can be freed by a dispel magic limb. While the soul is bound, the body is unconscious and can be killed with a coup de gras or possessed by another restless spirit. Uh, that's great. That's actually great. I, 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 I dig that. I dig that a lot. The, the reason being is because uh, this is a really great way to re replace leadership in an enemy structure. <laughs> Hear me out. Hear me out. You have to use this spell twice. Okay? Twice. Use it once on whoever you want to inhabit the enemy leader's body. You put him in a gem. You have another gem ready. This gem is your good guy. This gem is the bad guy. And then you, you, go, you go to the enemy leader. You take his soul and put it in here. The condition for release on your friend is a body nearby without a soul. Whoopsie daisies. He's in the... He's in the the, the body of your. Yeah, I don't know if that would work. I'd have to look into that more. I'm not now saying that can. can't happen, but uh, I, and I don't. When when this guy's free, he's got nowhere to go. He just dies. Yeah, I, I don't know if that would work that way. I'd have to look into that a little bit more because that I wouldn't necessarily off the cuff consider that a restless spirit. That's magic. Your magic jarred. Somebody else's magic jarred. Yeah, you, I don't know if the body swap thing would work. At the same well, time, it says right there. Uh, while, the, the, while the soul is bound, the body's unconscious can be killed, could grow, or possessed by another restless spirit. I wouldn't call that a restless when, spirit when if it's you're released from the gem. And the condition I put on there was if there is a body nearby without a soul, it gets released. It is now a restless yeah, soul. Yeah, I think that's a player trying to use a uh, linguistic trickery to defeat the game. And I say no. So, okay. <laughs> and again, your chair, your mileage may vary out there. Some of you might think I mean, that's it's the best still tactic a lot ever. Of hurdle to jump through. I mean, you, yeah. you have to get to the enemy commander. Good luck, right? Yeah, I would think that the even with that command word, that the player would try to go back to his own body or the. He the would character. try, but there's that's not around. That's not a choice. <laughs> I killed it to make sure he can't. Okay. Yeah. Uh, All right. Anyway, what, what's the one I wanted? The, it wasn't that, that was, one. That was it. No, no. That that was that was that was all. That oh, was I wanted the blood curse. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So death magic, I forgot there was one more. Death magic draws its power from dead and dying beings, from rotten decay. Practitioners of death magic, known as necromancers, can also steal power from living things by twisting and tainting them, which is the reason for much of the hate and fear these black arts stir up. Makes sense. Necro sure. The necromancers see themselves as seekers of truth, as of pioneers and explorers of the true nature of life and death. You know, it's funny. The most dangerous bad guy is the one who thinks he's righteous. So violence tells everything says I'd allow it because if the PCs can do it, so can the enemy. That's yeah. fair. Yeah, carpet uh, of adhesion's the same way. I just cancel the spell. I don't. It, does, it doesn't exist. I, I do the same thing that he does with true seeing with carpet of adhesion because it's it's one of those spells like when the when the if you stop the player from doing it, you're you're nerfing them. But if the NPCs do it, you're you're screwing them over on purpose. And it doesn't make sense. Yeah, so somebody had a comment about that. I think it was the evil GM who covers a lot of Palladium games, by the way. Uh, I think he talked about that. What he does, he allows a lot of things to dissolve the carpet of adhesion. So if you've got alcohol on you, you can dump alcohol and that will that will start to dissolve it. And you, I don't know if you make another save or if you can just use a strength check or whatever to get through there. But he allows many different methodologies for getting out of the carpet. of that, That's that's a homebrew thing. He can, is, he can do yeah. that at his table if he wants, but it's not in the book. Well, yeah, but I wasn't saying it was in the book. I'm saying that's yeah. there are, but there are ways around it. And, and I, one of the things that I would stress about is that every game must be homebrewed. There's literally no game ever written ever that is perfect out of the box. Now, how the homebrewing works is up to you and your table. He takes carpet adhesion out. I take true seeing out. Those are homebrews. 
you know, are there ways around that, like the other methodology? Because I'd rather not take something out of the game. So maybe if it worked at the table, okay, you're stuck for a round. You dump some alcohol in there because you're smart enough to have some booze on you. And there goes your whiskey. Button. Oh, no, that would never happen in, in any game I rent. If, if I have to tell someone that, okay, if they have a bottle of booze on them, number one, they're al- their character is an alcoholic. They are not going to dump their booze just so they can live. That's stupid. They're going to drink it so they can die happy. Duh. Okay, Heathen Dog lives in a weird world. So we're <laughs> going to move on here. It's like... All right, let's well, see what no, we got. No, no actually, I, I forgot. You're right. We were talking Palladium Games because you probably already rolled up the insanity alcoholic, right? There you go. Yep. <laughs> All right, so Be death foul, magic. Be foul. Chill, chill of the, of the grave. grave. Contaminate. That's a good one. That's a good one. Contaminate, ghoulish glare, hand of doom, raise the dead, speak to the... Okay, why is speak... Okay, it's alphabetical. Never mind. Yeah, it's uh, Steal life and terror, weight of ages. Well, that's just so cool. We got to look at that one. But okay. I'm thinking chill of the grave okay. is both going to be thematic and scary to the straights. So let's right. do that one. Rank one. So it's an easy spell, right? Arm's yep. length, one round per power level. Okay. And piece of crystal if you want it to be stronger. You let the unrelenting cold of cold of death seep. Okay. Cold of death seep. Where is it? Into your victim. The victim becomes cold. Oh, that's a condition. Oh, cold condition. Yep. Immediately suffering one point of damage to both strength and wits as a result. That is the cold condition, yes. The victim continues to suffer one point of damage to these attributes each round until the total amount of damage to each attribute equals the power level. This spell has no effect on monsters. Holy balls, dude. Wow. You just got put into... freaking core. Yep. You can easily get that to three with only minimal effort. And then after, after three rounds, your enemy is basically a small crying child. You're minus three strengths and minus three wits. Jesus, man, you're done. That hits you both ways. All right, weight of ages. Rank three, arm's length, immediate scalp with white hair. <laughs> got to get an old guy. Gotta, hey, yeah. lady. Hey, sorry, got to do this, but what? <laughs> I need that. Uh, it says scalp, not just white hair. You need the scalp. Scalp with white hair. Oh, I can paint it white. No, you can't. The, because the idea is old. You have to get something proven to be old. And you have to scalp it. <laughs> yeah. Now, can, does this say a person? No, but scalp with I'm going to say, yeah, it does. Yeah, if you try to use a Yeti on me, I'm going to say no. Yeah. Uh, you can speed up the agent because, again, you're a necromancer. You're supposed to be evil, creepy, doing weird stuff that, you know, most people don't like. And you know what? You just happen to scalp somebody. Uh, You can speed up the aging process of a living being. The victim immediately ages 10 years per power level. Yeah, this is why you need and not just some white hair. Right, right, right. Else this spell would be used too much. If the victim as a result of this changes age category, permanently lose one point in attribute. uh, Well, oh, come on. Of his choice. choice. Oh, well, whatever. If the victim ages uh, past twice the maximum age for an adult, for example, 100 years for a human, withers and dies this spell has no effect on elves or monsters okay okay well elves, elves are immortal or monsters why elves i mean they're you know, immortal screw you elf all right no, elves, yeah, yeah, elves. live a long time whatever no no, no. they're they're immortal they're they're made out of a gem oh they are they're immortal okay then never mind and okay but here, here's the thing again this spell plus the power stone spell the the, the power battery spell mm-hmm. would decimate anyone 
because you can easily have five, maybe even six. That means they're going up 50 or 60 years. They just, you, they lost that fight. Do they're, you remember what it was like to be touched by a ghost in Dungeons yeah. and Dragons? My, yeah, yeah. So does every every player who's ever saw a ghost the second time. They remember too, <laughs> and they run away. <laughs> All right. So that is it. This this segment. See, I knew I cursed it when I said we'd be quick yeah. today. Uh, well, it but, was my fault. I was adding. I was adding stuff in there. That's but fine. let's let's see what we have for. But before you do that, I want to talk about what's next week. Next week is going to oh. be journeys. This also includes the survival mechanics of the game. So, L, if you're watching, yes, now you're going to find out why I love the survival mechanics of this game so much. And we're going to talk about that next week. We're also going to talk about the stronghold next week. So there's going to be a lot of stuff to cover. But I'm going to breeze through. Uh, because once you get the one aspect of the journeying down, I don't have to talk about hunting and then foraging and then fishing, and then you'll get the idea because it's all pretty much similar. So, sure. uh, all right. So that's next week. What do you got? Right. Let's see, what we got Nerdy Org comes up with hate yourself enough to inflict pain on yourself, not so much as to try and kill yourself. Yeah, that that's the whole spell casting idea. Like you have to put yourself in danger, but be smart enough to have it not be mortal danger when casting any spell. Which makes sense. Yeah, that's exactly it. And Mar Hawkman says, well, even though they only have these spells in the book, it's said in there, you you get with your game master and whatever the game master approves can be used. So the easiest way is to take a spell, tweak it, and maybe even the game master, hey, that, that's better than, that does everything the first spell does and doesn't break the game, but it's cooler, faster, has more thematic effect, whatever. We'll use that instead. You know, hey, it, I want the spell to actually work on monsters instead of not. Yeah, okay, exactly. you know, what? let's, wanna, add, let's add two ranks to it. Yeah, I want to I want a spell that works on monsters because you know what? I fight lots monsters. monsters. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, this this is when we were talking about turning a turning yeah. entire crowd from from a from a riot inducing uh, nastiness to a giant orgy. And then it comes up. Wait, fur pile. What? No, no, no rabbits that is the the animal essence you're pulling the the uh the pr the prolific nature of rabbits throw that into the crowd they'll start humping everybody it'll be great he's i don't moved. know if that'll work i don't know I, don't, I it depends on your game master if he's weird or not or if he's a furry it may help but dangerous bad guy equals heathen dog yeah yeah the the obviously i'm i'm doing it for effect so you don't have to. I'm seeing if I can break the game in an instant to show you that, hey, this is what you don't allow players to do at your table. And, and, and to, to be fair, fact. like, no, but there's also, it's also good to have different perspectives because tables run differently. And yes, there are rules. So the, I, good, I'm glad you put that one up there. No, I'm not going to show you because it's withered and grayed and it's falling off because yeah, no, it's 60 years older. You don't want to see it. <laughs> did, did, did he touch me to my ding ding? Yeah. How's it look? You don't want to know, man. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to know that. <laughs> but but it, but it's, there are some aspects. You know, the books are thick, but they're pretty lore heavy, right? Well, this isn't this isn't the game book, right? Let me get the game book. The information in this book is it covers so many aspects of it that. Uh, you're going to have to make a house ruling at some point, but it this game provides you the framework, everything you need to make that ruling. And if Heathen Dog sees it one way and I see it a different way, absolutely, because we've envisioned our tables differently. Mm -hmm. 
And that doesn't mean that what he's doing is wrong or what I'm doing is wrong. It just means that I want a different experience at my table than him. And one of the first things he knows this, and I say this uh, a lot in like the Friday stream is the first thing I see, he doesn't give players agency, <laughs> but the first thing I look for at any point when, when a player comes up with something that isn't expressly written is like, how are you going to try to screw this game? Basically what he said, how are you going to try to break the game? And that is yep. the first thing. It, it might be the most innocent, innocuous concept. First thing I look at is, well, first answer is no. Why is it no? Can I justify the no? Oh, maybe I can't. Like right off the bat, what was that one we were talking about where I was like, no. And then I was like, well, maybe that actually isn't. Oh, the, the dispel magic thing. Yeah. We'd, we'd have to, I'd have to look at that more, but my first reaction is no. And I know that's, that's so anti-player. No, it's no, because no, I've it's seen. safest. Yes. It's a safer answer. It keeps the game going and it, it yes. stops possible breakage. Exactly. Exactly. It's now, I'm probably more willing than him after the fact to say, have somebody convince me that that's, you know, once I made the decision that it was the wrong decision in terms of changing it to the player's favor. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know what? Actually, after further review, I think we can allow that. And why it didn't happen at that point, I don't care. It doesn't matter. We're moving on. But my character died. Yep, he did make a new character. Uh, you know, but, but ultimately... It's how what you want at your table. The frame, I promise you this, the framework is there in this game to do all the things you want to do, but you have to be a game master that's willing to make some rulings based on what's yep. up. Now, if you're all about unfettered, like violence sells everything, said I'd allow it because the PCs can do it, so can my villains. Great. That's fine. It's but, fair, but you're going to have to be ready for some kickback. Yes. When, when it's done to them, you got to be ready for the players to hate your ever-living guts. That's why I remove Carpet of Adhesion. That's why he removes True Sight or True Seeing in D&D because it's, it's so broken. It's so hard to adjudicate. Screw it. No one gets it. So PCs kill a king because its soul was swapped with the bad guys, but nobody believes them, and now they have to find a necromancer to speak to the dead. Well, no, you don't need that because a spell is happening right now, so any kind of sense magic will, will sense the, the magic on the on the king who has a traitor inside him. You know, it Would will. it after the, the fact, though? Because the magic isn't, the magic isn't no. permanent. It's... Well, it, it, is, it is permanent because I you, took the you, book down. You, you can't extricate the soul. You can't get it out. There is no time limit for the soul yeah, being in the body. I'd have to I, well, I, let me look it up real quickly. Does this? I mean, if the soul's there, wouldn't yeah, that make the soul, soul. now? I, I would say because it was put there by magical effect, okay. and it is not returned to the normal state, like the king's soul in the king's body. That would be normal state. It would still okay. be faint magic. It would be permanent faint magical effect. Well, it says in duration varies, and then it went to quarter day. Yeah, so yeah, I guess wh while that's yeah. in there, yeah, okay. Yeah. Now the duration is only for having the soul inside the object. So once it's outside the object and in a body, there is an argument to be made that the spell is over. With power level three, though, it, it can be permanent. The vessel. Yeah, forever. yeah, but that, that that's permanent inside the object, not inside a body. It's inside the object. Once it's outside the object, the spell technically is over. Whether or not you have the right soul in the right body is immaterial. The spell's over. Yeah, I think that's overcomplicating a spell. My yeah, it is. See, see <laughs> you, you can really go down a rabbit hole with this stuff. So it's important that the game master set a set of thing right then. Boom. No, this is the line right then. And then you got fifth. You got anywhere between five and fifteen minutes after the game. 
if you can't convince your game master in 15 minutes that you're right, then you're not. Uh, then we'll, we'll finish up with this one. How is carpet adhesion hard to adjudicate? It's not hard oh, to no, adjudicate. No, no. Uh, the, the, the effects of the carpet itself are very clear cut, yeah. but everyone hates it when done to them and everyone loves it doing it to other people. So much so that they become irrationally yes. happy or irrationally angry. And I just mm -hmm. don't want that at my table at all. At all. I don't want it. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want... It's 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 kind of like uh you know in in your house, like you don't want black mold in your house. I don't want carpet adhesion in my game. <laughs> it's just, it, to, to me, it's the same thing. It's, no, people it's an people go off. Producing frustration. People yell at me. A lot of grognards yell at me because of what I say about true seeing because I take it out of all my D and D campaigns. I don't take away other spells that give uh, um, insight. Uh, not abjuration. Oh my god, divination. I don't take. I only yeah. take away that one. Yeah, that one spell. Well, he would also take away the psionic power of omniscience because it's uh, anything that it's, it's 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 true sight without having to be able to look at something. Good news is I don't allow psionics in my game anyway. Yeah, so he doesn't allow psionics anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> but um, omniscience in second edition AD and D is uh is an ever increasing sphere of knowledge that you have. And when I say it starts off at let's just say I forget the exact range. Let's say it starts off at ten feet. You are completely aware of everything within 10 feet of you you know exactly what it is you know exactly what it does you know everything about it and then every round you maintain it, it doubles in size 10 becomes 20 20 becomes 40 your sphere of omniscience is increasing that means everything in there you know about if a god is viewing you you will know it if if there's an astral being viewing you you will you will see them you will know, you don't have to see them. You will know they were there and you know who they are and you know what they want to do. You know everything. I don't allow that. I don't allow that sonic power either because it's just way too strong. Way too strong. You can easily break a campaign doing it. So now that we've talked about other games in Forbidden Lands as well, <laughs> uh, well uh, there are a couple other comments on here we'll, we'll hit uh, after we're in the break in between uh, videos here. But uh, like, subscribe, and share. Really appreciate it. If you've got any questions, comments, concerns, if you think the, you know, let us know your thoughts on the magic system. If you think that Heathen Dog and I made good calls or bad calls with some of our quote-unquote house rules or whatever, let us know. But uh, other than that, next week, again, is going to be journeying, the survival mechanics, and strongholds. So look forward to that. So this one right here also, you have to control the spell so it doesn't break the game. But that's what we were talking about before, yeah. where that's a house rule. Yeah, you have to house rule. So how do you want to house rule it? he and i just get rid of it it's the least headache it it's uh it, it keeps the game at a good pace and if everyone knows it beforehand no one's going to take it and that means the npcs don't have it either right exactly no that is 100 percent true yeah. yes no, no one has that spell it just doesn't exist so no one has it so you're you're not you're not making the anyone stronger and you're not making anyone else weaker by doing this everyone's on the same page it just it's just an easier answer is it the is it the you know i'm gonna tough it out answer no is it the i'm gonna i'm gonna rewrite this spell so so it doesn't uh doesn't make me sad anymore no man that sounds like a lot of work i'll just erase it <laughs> anyway i'm gonna go uh, you go do that and go pee
Yep, no problem. So Mar Hawkman says my fix for carpet is just to make carpet destructible. I mean, again, there are definitely things you can do. I really liked what the evil GM said when he said that uh, you know he allows ways of uh, dissolving it. Basically, now I said alcohol, but I think you know he put it out there. It could be water. It could be. Uh, Anything that could get you out of that somehow. Maybe you lay down something in front of you that go, you know, your own shirt or something that goes in front of you that's now stuck to the carpet and you're walking on that. Great. Now you can hop off of that area possibly or, or whatever. The point is you have to do something that is true. It isn't just a freebie, but you can, uh, but you, you can get out of it. Otherwise, I remember like I didn't play a mage, but we had a mage in our party and dude, that spell was annoying even from our side of it because it pretty much just owned every fight. And I don't like any single ability or spell to own a fight. If you're a one trick pony, then there's either something broken with the spell, the game or you. And in this case, I'd have to say it's the spell. So. Yes. There you go. Or it's an indication of the GM sick of dealing the same nonsense every fight. Can it be dealt with or worked around? Sure, but it's 100%. Kill Raven, you got the comment of the day. Exactly. All of us that have experience are capable of working around this stuff, but some of this, it's like with the whole um, uh, that was it, the D&D thing that the best way to, to, to kill, not kill, but to really challenge the players, player characters is to constantly don't let them have short rest. Don't have them short, let them have short rest. Don't let them have short rest. Don't let them have short rest. Well, if that's the one trick you've got to do to mess with the players, that's, that's a bad game design. I, I want more than one trick to stop them. So, you know, so I, I hundred percent agree with what kill Raven put, put out there. Um, all doable it's how much effort you want to put into it. it's like when people give me shit because i don't like running high level campaigns in DD. even in earth i don't like running high level campaigns because the power level of the characters gets so great that it really becomes work to uh to put the adventures together can i do it yes have i done it? yes i ran a level 20 evil campaign a, a long time ago and, and players had a lot of fun but what i found is that if i don't spend a lot of time what i would consider inordinate amount of time for me your mileage may vary, knowing exactly what the players have, exactly what their spells are, what their spells can counter, what their magic items can counter, what their saving throws are, what their hit points are, yada, 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 down the road. I either give them challenges they walk right through that I was like, man, I was hoping that would take longer, or things that, whoa, I wasn't expecting this to beat them up like that. We're not talking the dice roll swing. We're just saying like, okay, why isn't this character using you know his staff of the magi? If he, you just use that thing that, you know, this would be over, but he's not using the charges from it or something. I don't know. It just ultimately comes down to uh, I, I just don't find making high-level adventures or running high-level adventures fun. I find it to be work. Doable, but work. And at that point, if it becomes work for me, it's not it's not something I want to do anymore. So, so usually around levels 12 to 14, somewhere in that area, I start to go like, oh, that's right. This is the part where this is a little less enjoyable for me. And usually by 14, I, I nope out of the campaign. Okay. Uh, let's uh, let me slide that over. All right. Uh, go ahead and get your stuff ready, and I'll put the banner up. Boop. And tell me when you're ready, so that uh, I can give you time to go. But just to be fair, just to finish up, what I was going to say is that your mileage may vary. If you like carpet of adhesion as is, if you have your own workarounds, or even not workarounds, you just let it play, and you're of the mindset like Violence says, where it's like, hey, if I can do, or if the players can do it, I can do it as well. Cool. Uh, like. 
But Heathen Dog's right in one very important regard because I've seen it myself. Now, I don't agree with him as often as he says this, but he is absolutely right when he says this, that players will call you a dick and they will call you out for doing it. They'll be angry at you for playing the game properly. Yes. But not, not only that, they'll be angry at you for playing the game like they do. That's irrational anger. Why, why call upon that? I don't understand. Get rid of it. All right, you ready? <clears throat> yes. Cool. Uh, give a couple seconds, and then go ahead. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Riff's Dimension Book One, Wormwood. And as Dimension Book One goes, Kevin Sambita had the answer for location power creep. He had the answer right here. And he failed to recreate it in all the other Dimension or World book. <laughs> and it's sad. It's sad. But he doesn't think it's a mistake. I, I disagree. But, you know, we're, we're going to find out why in a minute. The core values of hashtag RPGate and any good tabletop group are escapism, not representation, entertainment over activism, and natural organic inclusion, not forced diversity. Please follow that QR code or refer to the description below for the link to the charity we support, which is the Wounded Warrior Project. Thursdays and Saturdays, you can watch the Dirty Casuals on twitch.tv slash Legion of Myth. Fridays and Sundays, you can watch the Friday Night Show stream and RPG Digest on our YouTube and Rumble channels. Please leave us a comment with your thoughts and experiences, and if you like our gaming content, please be sure to subscribe to Legion of Myth. Now, hold on, before Heathen Dog starts, I've got to say this. What's that? This book does not interest me in the slightest. Okay. Now, let me, let me explain why, and this is what I'm hoping Heathen Dog can cure me of. This, to me, looks like a Palladium Fantasy book and something that belongs in Palladium Fantasy. This doesn't look like something I want to deal with personally in Rifts. Maybe it's because I like the more science-y aspects. Like, I'm not against the magic, but I like the more science-y aspects of Rifts or whatever. I see a little bit more sci-fi, maybe, but there's, like, anytime I look at Wormwood, we're like... Great, played in fan. Oh, it's written. So, so convince. Tell me why I'm wrong, Heathen Dog. Well, I am sad to say you're not wrong. <laughs> it is uh, this. This setting is a world that does not have uh, any factories, any any production of large scale of any kind. I, I think the book actually said it's pretty much stuck in fifteenth century technological level but that's because magic is so prevalent so much so that humans so born if they're with a robot like i'm my robot pilot or i'm on my borg you're fine your robot will work good luck getting spare parts but your robot will work it's fine there's it's not anti-magic they just don't make it here and there's a reason for that okay the reason is you can't mine the planet because it'll be sad it's alive the planet's alive it's a living planet. You can't mine it. It doesn't have ore. It, it doesn't have coal. It doesn't have any of that stuff in it. Is that blood? It it has, I suppose, oil would be black blood of the earth. But other than that, <laughs> you know, you, you don't mine it. You don't do that. You don't do that here. So okay. we're going to talk about the planet. We're going to talk about it right now. We're going to go to page 40. Wormwood. The secrets of Wormwood, the living planet. In many ways, Wormwood is an enigma even to its inhabitants. Any psychic visiting Wormwood will immediately sense something strange about this world. Trying psychometry or object read on anything, rock-like formations, spiraling towers, crystals, will reveal that they are not inanimate objects, but a living 
part of the planet. Here's the deal. Wormwood is an artificial planet. How it was made, super sorcery, high-tech nonsense, no one knows. No one living there now knows how this planet came to be. But it is alive. Nothing here is built. It's grown. The planet understands what the populace needs and gives it to them. What about food? That includes food. The planet grows worms and lichen oh, yeah. for the people to eat. I don't like worms or lichen. Okay, then you don't like living. But that's how it works. <laughs> and that, that's the food. And according to Aaron Tarn, it tastes great. What, what if I said this? It's not that I don't like worms or lichen, but just having two things seems like it would get boring pretty quickly. Apparently, there are 87 ways to match lichen and worms together. Oh. Saute, stir fry, baked, grilled, uh, pickled, whatever. You could pickled do a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you could, pickled lichen is apparently awesome. I don't know. It just is. Okay. And if you uh, if the populace of an area starts growing beyond the means to house them, the planet will create new homes or create another level on top of a housing structure to house these new people. If something is damaged, it will heal quite quickly, actually, but not, not like, Oh, in five, in five seconds, it's healed. No, not like that. But in minutes or hours, the, uh, the hole in the wall or the wall itself that was gone is now back. And you got $15 for, for making people eat lichen and, uh, and and moss. Thank you. Patriotic assault. Appreciate that. Lichen and worms. That's how it works. All right. So ultimate purpose to uh, self-generating environment, blah, blah, blah. And uh, there are specialized OCCs, priests of light and darkness that can speed up or slow down or shape the growing mechanic of the planet. Are these closer to Palladium Fantasy Priests or like Preservers and Defilers from Dark Sun? Ooh, I don't think that's an accurate. So neither? Neither really. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I would say the, the priests are more like druids because they, uh, they, their, their magic stems from their environment okay. and the power of their environment. Well, so, the next video is going to be on OCCs, right? So okay, we yeah we're we're gonna, we're gonna get into the the to the priests and stuff like that we're gonna okay. talk about that but they 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 can speed up or slow down or shape the the regenerative or building aspect of the planet like uh let's say to build a house it takes a week well if you have a priest of light there he can speed that up so it takes a day two days whatever and uh, the the priest of light can also you know uh, ask the planet to make worms for food right now because we need it right now and it'll do it right now or you know worms for symbiotes i'm getting symbiotes in a minute okay. this, this place gets weird but all powers derived from wormwood stay in wormwood that's the thing if you want to break off a piece of of a, of a house sharpen it into a spear you definitely can and the thing is not only are all the structures mega damage because the planet creates mega damage structures, any human being born in Wormwood is a mega damage creature. That's your only special ability. You don't, you don't have supernatural strength. You don't have supernatural endurance, nothing like that. 
you are a minor mega damage creature, which means you have anywhere between, say, 10 and 30 MDC tops. But you're born that way. But you, who was born in Wormwood, can travel off-world, say, to Earth. You'll live. You'll be fine. You'll still be a mega damage being. But any item from Wormwood that you bring will be dead and dust in 1d6 hours. Uh-oh. What does that mean? It means you can't take anything from Wormwood, which is, some people would say, pretty OP, especially for the first dimension book, and bring it anywhere else and be useful. It's not going to happen. And trust me, symbiotes are massively OP. We're going to get to that, but they're massively OP. Okay. See, priests and worm speakers can influence the shape, interior design, and rapidness of this construction. Through the use of magic, the speed of growth can be accelerated by five times, and a building can be completely molded to the desires of the magic user of the priest. Now, normally, normally, when, when the planet, when Wormwood is actually making a house, it will make a house of three different shapes. Dome, oval, a uh, 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 circular ovoid, I guess you call it, or a cylinder. But if you have a priest or a worm speaker who can talk to the planet, you can now, the, the priest or worm speaker can act as an architect and design the thing as it's growing. So you can make it for a specific purpose. If you want it to be a defensive structure, you can make it into a parapet. If you wanted to make a, a grain silo, well, that would be an, that would just be a cylinder, right? But you know, you get you get my mean. If, if you need a specialized shape for a building, you need a priest or a worm speaker to communicate that to the planet, and you get what you want. It's great. Okay. Uh, mountains, hills, and building materials. Mountains, hills, and tall megalithic pillars break the otherwise smooth and desolate landscape of the planet. Here's the thing: there, there's no trees. There's no, there's no lakes. There's, there's no oceans. Water is given to, as basically wells as needed for the population by the planet. Uh, oxygen this does not seem by, like a good place at all. Oxygen is created by the planet. Oh, thanks. So, so you don't need trees. Food is given to you by the planet, so you, need, you don't need farms. So this, this place only has structures because the, uh, the planet understands that that humanoid beings, for the most part, need some kind of uh, distance gauging structure, some kind of, uh, oh God, what's, I'm blanking on the word. It's a signpost or guidepost or point of interest to understand where they are on the planet. So you are here. Yeah, exactly. You may have mountains right here. Well, those mountains are not accidental. They're purposeful. So you know you are east of the mountains. So I am. So if I want to go to the town I want to go to, I have to go southwest, right? It's it's for you know, it's for getting around. It's it's you know, it's to understand where you are on the planet. The planet knows that humanoids use this, so it does that. But it only does it when necessary, when it it deems it necessary. So most of the time, it's all flat. If you think it says desolate, but that is a bad word in this instance. Because desolate usually also has an emotional connotation that it's also sad or despairing or whatever. But it's not true. It's just as desolate as, say, the USS Enterprise. Think about it. They have, 
they have machines that give you whatever you want. You want food, make it out of nothing. You want clothes, make it out of nothing. The air recycles itself. There's no plants needed. It's basically the same thing, except this, this USS Enterprise doesn't have a ceiling. That's it. It's sky. So think of it that way. It's not inherently sad. Oh, crap. Uh, that sounds very similar to also Coriolis. When we talked about Coriolis' ceilings, and it, it had a fake sky, and it was trying to give you the illusion that you're in something yeah, bigger well, than it was. Well, this is a real sky, because you're on a real planet. It is half the size of the Earth, but it, it maintains its atmosphere as a real planet. So if, if you had a spaceship, you could go to space. It's fine. Would it let you make a spaceship? No, but you could bring one. I mean, you can't make a spaceship because there is no factory here because you can't dig into the ground for resources. That would really piss off the planet. I'm gouging into it because I want to drink your blood. I don't like that. As a planet, I would say, nah, I don't like that at all. All right. So mountains, hills, and building material. Mountains and hills are there for, uh, for travel to see where you are. And building materials are completely unnecessary because the, the planet will build it for you as you need it. One of the most striking environmental aspects is the complete absence of surface water. Like I told you, there's no lakes or, or oceans or rivers or ponds or whatever. Although there is an atmosphere and occasional clouds, there is seldom any rainfall. All the water, exactly how much water is unknown, is contained inside the planet and you get it through wells. So she pees it out for you. Or sweats, depending on what bodily function you want to equate to it. But yeah, sure. And uh, priests and worm speakers can summon and, uh, and concentrate water anywhere they want. Like I said, the, the, the priests and worm speakers can talk to and kind of talk to the planet and say, hey, we need water right here. And the planet will make a well and fill it with water. Thanks, planet. It's great. Food. I told you, man, it's it's worms and lichen. Creates um, food by generating edible fungus and worms. Although this may look and sound disgusting, the little critters are nutritious and tasty. The natives <laughs> don't think twice about eating them. With the invasion of like other chicken. dimensional, yeah, of other other dimensional beings, there's also a plethora of animals and other life forms, plants, especially if specially grown, that are edible. Even the horrible air fish are edible. I'm not going to get into the air fish. That's stupid. It's really dumb. So I'm not going to cover fish. By the book, you can cover airfish, all right? But here's the thing. Contaminants do happen, right? If you bring potting soil to the planet and with a plant, you can grow a plant. You can. That's fine. And that dirt is going to get around the planet after hundreds and hundreds of years. There'll be maybe a pile of dirt somewhere that you can grow something on. That's fine. It doesn't matter. It's not going to hurt the planet because the roots aren't going to get in the planet. They're only going to get into the dirt that you brought with you. But that is that is a long, long con type thing. You don't have to worry about that. The whole thing is that all of your basic necessities are given to you by the planet. So. What so is what, what is the problem with this place, right? Yeah, exactly. What what's, the, the, what's the purpose of life? <laughs> exactly. Well, it's not just that. It's like it doesn't seem to be any conflict. This place should be the most milk toast, boring hellhole, the uh, uh, existential dread hellhole that you bored. could possibly imagine. If I don't have time, or if I if I'm not spending all my time on survival, trying to grow crops, trying to you know uh, uh, 
husband animals, et cetera, et cetera. I'm going to go bash somebody's brains in. That's just what humans do. Okay. Well, luckily, that problem solved itself because there is a thing called, where are you? <laughs> yeah, right here. Yep. That's all they do. They're all fat. They're, they're all lazy. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so it was that the host were summoned from a shadowy place meant to contain them. The monsters rose up and broke the shackles of slavery. Savagely, they and their brothers slashed out with the angry cry of retribution. Cruelty can only give birth to cruelty. So it was that these monsters crave for more than their freedom or even the blood of their masters. They desire to conquer, crush, and enslave their enslavers. Here's the thing couple thousand years ago the people who who existed here before who had knowledge of this planet found an alternate dimension basically by accident which housed these demonic type things but these demonic type things were trapped so what did they do being stupid they decided to let some of them out to enslave them, to make them work. Like, like life isn't easy enough. You have to have slaves when literally everything is given to you. This is the highest level of hubris. These ancient humans deserve what they got. They had it coming. And the demons overthrew them and then released more of their kind into this world. There's a couple rubs with that. One, this prison was supposed to hold them forever. They got out because of the stupid humans, but they are trapped in this plane of existence. If they try and leave Wormwood, this dimension, they will die because their souls are connected to this dimension now. So they cannot interdimensionally travel. So just leave Remember. Wormwood then. Bye. <laughs> you, you can leave the planet, I suppose, but they don't know of anywhere else to go. No, no, but that's the demons. I'm saying like you, like, you know what? I, yeah. I can just get on out of here. I don't have to fight this war. Ah, there's another rub. That's, oh. that's number two. The humans can't run away. Why? Because Wormwood, while having as almost as much magic as Rift's Earth, has no ley lines. Therefore, you can't open a portal. You can't open a rift. There's no this ley lines. This can only happen at ley lines? I didn't know. Yeah. That. Oh, okay. Yeah. You can't do it. What the hell? Shifters hate this joint. And, which is good because shifters shouldn't exist. But uh, also, it is cut off from the normal rift network. It is the only planet ever discovered in existence that has magic and no ley lines. So how do people go? How do we know it exists? Random chance remember whenever a shifter opens a portal to somewhere he's never been before it's random that means there's a point zero 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 one percent chance you open a rift to wormwood random but opening a rift back is going to be a lot harder since there's no ley lines and the, the shifter's ability i believe requires a ley line to open up a rift so Oops. There's that. So you can get there, but have trouble getting back. There are four points on Earth that lead to Wormwood. 
and on Wormwood, there's a, there's at least one giant place, uh, the the World Gate, I think it's called, that uh, that will lead back to Earth, but usually in random spots on Earth. Like sometimes it's England, sometimes Africa, some sometimes North America, sometimes like it's sh- the the destination shifts, but it's still Earth. So you can go from Wormwood to standing in front of the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. That would awesome. be a really unlucky day for you. <laughs> That'd be re- number one. The day started you off in Wormwood. I'm sorry, and the day <laughs> ended you off in, in in front of Millennial Beasts. I'm really sorry. Sorry for that. That sucks. But these demons now control the planet, and they they have. They have made the humans subservient to them because that's that was their vengeance. You made slaves out of us. Screw you. I'm making slaves out of you forever. Because the demons are immortal. As long as they stay in this dimension, they, they or they're not killed by accident or or violence, they are they live forever. Okay. So the humans are boned. So if you go to Wormwood, be careful. If you're if you're a non-demon, you're 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 gonna be a, a slave. That's what you are. You are a slave. Mark, mark. Sucks. So why would I even go there? And what is this technology nonsense? There's no technology. No, there isn't technology on Wormwood. 15th century Earth. That's the level of technology. Ooh, would techno wizards thrive here? Yes. Yes, they do. Because think of it, you bring a you bring rope you bring power armor to wormwood it works it works fine but the power cell will eventually run out right okay how do you re- how do you replenish it you can't not in wormwood 15th century technology will will not replace a nuclear reactor but guess what will a techno a, a, a technomancy will 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 save it okay you can you can make it uh you you get the you get the the technomancer to make it run off of magic or psionics and boom bob's your uncle you got working power armor again go team so the only technology worth a damn is the uh is the technomancy type technology okay uh let's see elemental magic doesn't work or is dramatically limited because there's no there's no natural wood. There's no natural fire, water. There's air. It'll work a little bit, but you don't really control it because it is already controlled by a living being, which is the planet. Oh, so no. your control over the elements are very, very limited. No elemental fusionist. Oh, geez. Oh, darn. Oh, you like this. <laughs> yes. Okay. This no is psionics. No. Okay. I have to eat a couple of worms and some <laughs> mushrooms. I'm okay. Let's go. I'm building a house. Oh no, the world's building a house for me. Even world's better. Building a house for you. Let's do yep. it. I'm going. How do I get All there? Right. The human inhabitants native to Wormwood do not have psionic powers as recognized by psychics on Earth and other worlds. The planet does not speak or send empathic transmissions and cannot communicate directly with the inhabitants or with visiting psychics from other dimensions. However, Wormwood does have some level of psionic power, as is evident from the fact it seems to sense the needs of the human population and respond to them. Now, psychics from other dimensions can come here and their powers don't just shut off. It comes from inside themselves, but damage, range, duration, everything, halved. Half power. Because this place is, I suppose you could say, dampening psionics. So much so that you cannot have a natural psionic born here and visiting psionics are severely limited. 
So I would I would assume that the planet itself has a natural psionic dampener. But it doesn't get into that. It leaves that to the game master. And the cool thing is, everyone speaks American. <laughs> okay. It's true. The language of human inhabitants of Wormwood is Earth English. This is another mystery that cannot be easily explained. Oh, oh, this was this Kevin writing like, hey, I want you to be able to go here and play. <laughs> yeah, basically, yes. Yeah, Kevin just went, I don't feel like making a language like this. Eh, it's just, it's That's the deus ex machina right there. Why not Spanish? Why not French? Why not Chinese? Uh, not some weird dimensional language of nothing to do with the human condition. Yes, but why not American English? There you, know, you go. It's, it's, it's just as easy as Spanish or French, right? You got to make a choice. It's not better or worse than the other. Uh, Earth has always been a trading zone because there's the world gate you can get to and from pretty easy if you know how. Uh, this is reactions. Okay, now we're going to get into the other things that the planet gives you. Guns? Symbiotic organisms of Wormwood. Oh. These are, are things created by the planet specifically to empower and help the human inhabitants of the planet. Each one has much more benefit than drawback, if any drawback at all, because they're meant to be beneficial. They're meant to be a boon. Let's let's go over a couple. Uh, which, which one do you want to look at? We got worms. We're not going to do the evil symbiotic organisms or, or parasites because the, those are things that, that the, the demon host has taken, say, a good a good symbiote and used evil magics to make it into a bad symbiote. So we're not okay. going to do that. But these are the naturally occurring ones. What, so what's what or is do. stars the bottom one? Or is there anything below that? Oh, Paris. Uh, uh, let's go crawlers. Crawler? Okay. Which one? Oh, brain sucker, really? <laughs> Gross. Okay, and now that I said it, I have to... Ooh, necklace. Necklace or brain sucker? Necklace, because okay. I have zero clue what that could possibly be, and a brain sucker just sounds cool. Okay, we'll we'll do uh, we'll do necklace. Okay, and worms of armor. Okay, the worms you're gonna love. You're gonna love the. No, you're not. You're gonna hate the worms, but they're really <laughs> cool though. But you're gonna you're gonna hate. Wait, the is that a giant robot? It is a giant robot. I'm I not want gonna a giant talk, robot. You, you want to do the giant robot by the book? <laughs> that, the, those are those are battle saints. Okay. And the, the battle saint orb is the head of a battle saint. And they obviously they're made for combat against demons because the, the planet wants the humans to be happy. And with the demons around, that's few and the bouts of happiness are few and far between. So the planet will makes giant power armor for you. Thank you, planet. Necklace. There it is. At first glance, this organism looks like an ornate gold necklace with ruby red stones evenly spaced along its length. Upon closer inspection, the observer will notice legs protruding from it, and the rubies are large red eyes. The centipede-like symbiote is metallic gold in color and covered in hard plate armor, helping it give that artificial jewelry look. It completely encircles the neck. What does it give you? The wearer can understand and speak all languages, is impervious to poison and drugs, impervious to vampires' bite and powers, and is plus two to save versus disease and magic potions. Penalty. The ability to taste food is reduced by oh, no. 25%. I can't taste my fungus and worms. Oh, jeez. Exactly. 
<laughs> and makes the voice sound a bit hoarse. Okay, I got Smoker's voice. I'm, we're yeah. good. That's it. <laughs> that is it. You are you're Selma from The Simpsons. <laughs> but not as bad. It says a bit hoarse. She's very hoarse. So the, the the penalties are basically worthless. It's it's just role play fodder. That's all the vo- that, that's all the penalties <laughs> are. But the powers are amazing. For free. This is basically for free. I still don't, you know, I'm creeped out by bugs. Like the whole idea of wearing a bug around my neck just doesn't work for me. Like, like personally, that's, that would be, that'd be a hard, so like I could make a character be okay with that, but like me just like, (laughs) not sure I'm okay with that. Yep. Now we get to the worm armor worms. There are a number of symbiotic organisms that resemble worms. They have no eyes or limbs or have long segmented bodies. All small worms have 10 MDC points while most large ones have 30. They can bioregenerate 10 points every melee, draining its host body of one PPE point for the for the regeneration. But oh, no. die within 1d6 hours of being removed from wormwood. Oh. Worms of armor. Large, thick worms coil themselves snugly, but not too tightly, around the upper body and parts of the arms and legs. They're surprisingly light, only weigh 20 pounds. Powers. The worms serve as mega damage body armor, providing 60 MDC points of protection and can regenerate damage at the rate of 10, 10 MDC oh, wow. per melee round every 15 seconds. When all the MDC points of the worms are destroyed, the symbiotes fall off and disappear into the ground, absorbed back into the body of the planet. That's it's it's not very great armor. It's 60 points of armor, right? But it regenerates 10 points every 15 seconds, which is crazy. And notice it didn't say anything about taking a PPE. Oh, yeah. It didn't say anything about that. Worms, armor worms are different. And wearing them gives you the normal minuses of just wearing armor. Yep. Minus 10 to prowl, minus 5 to climb, and minus 10 to gymnastic skills. That's wearing, well, admittedly medium to medium heavy armor. But still, that's it. That's nothing. Worms okay, so of I, blood. Let's yeah, go. I one. just started reading that one. I don't yeah. want no. No. The worms okay. are tiny, thin red worms. Swallowing three oh. worms alive will magically negate poison, stop internal bleeding, and heal the cause of said bleeding. Placing three inside a cut or wound will immediately stop the bleeding and heal the wound ten times faster than normal. Somebody had just watched a nature video on maggots. That's that's how what he did here. <laughs> yeah. Worms of mending. When 10 or more are poured into an open cut, gash, or wound, they magically begin to seal, cleanse, and heal the wound. Bleeding stops in less than a minute, pain is reduced by half, and decaying flesh and germs are destroyed. Infection is impossible. The cuts begin to close and heal immediately, and in less than 10 minutes, the wound is completely closed, pain is almost gone, and there is no scarring. Worms of power. This is my personal hell. Yeah, spell magic. Each spell can be cast as often as four times a day, unless noted otherwise. Each is equal to a fifth level spellcaster. Spells include energy bolt, energy field, energy disruption, impervious to energy, and negate magic barriers. The only penalty is it reduces your PB by one point because it's a large gray worm attached to the tongue or the inside of the mouth. That means every time you open your mouth to talk, people are seeing little tiny glimpses of a big gray worm in your mouth. That's gross. Yes. But you have the ability to cast these spells four times a day. I don't know, man. You may be down, especially if if there's a lot of demons trying to kill you. 
You, you may be down. No, no, no. All of these, like I said, this is why it's my own personal hell because, like, okay, so I'm not creeped out by worms at all. Like I am, you know, fucking bugs. Bugs really sure. do creep me out. But it's still the whole idea. Like, wait, I got to put a worm in my mouth and just let it kind of like clop down and just bit. hang out for a little bit. No, no, no ah. not a little bit. It, it attaches to either your tongue or your cheek. Well, no, I, I get that. But, you know, yeah. it's like it's like those fish that have those parasites inside of them. Yeah. That's usually not a good thing. I don't want that. <laughs> like, I understand. I get it. Worms of speech speak all languages. Worms of spirit, each uh, spell magic. Each spell can be cast as often as four times a day. Each is equal to fifth level caster. Spells include turn dead, repel animals, constrain being, exorcism, water to wine, or remove curse. Now, normally, I wouldn't want this. It doesn't seem very helpful, but in specific instances, it can be helpful. Now, what does someone look like? Oh, this is, see, this is the evil one. This is the corrupted symbiote. It's not good. But what does it look like? Hang on. Let's see if we can find out what it looks like when you decide to have a whole lot of worms on your body at once. There's one guy that can do it. I didn't write down his page number because I wasn't going to talk about him. But you know what? Now we can. Because I want to show Max Liao. Oh, worm speaker. There we go. Wait, wait. I thought I thought it was for next video. Oh, that's there yeah. Oh, please. More. That's more what you that. look like when you got a lot of worms. It's Zoidberg. Yeah. Yeah. You turn into <laughs> Zoidberg. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it gets a little weird, man. Gets a little weird. Is this, was what? this during Kevin's drugged up face? His, his, uh, his mushroom so. face? Yeah. <laughs> this was a while ago. So maybe he was experimenting. I don't know. But uh, he was experimenting in existential horror and pff, he hit that nail on the head. So that's something, but that is basically the world. Okay. There's more to it. Obviously I didn't go into any specific points of interest and you know, stuff like that, but you have the idea of the world now. Now in our next video, I'm going to talk about some of the OCCs and maybe an RCC that is found on this planet and how that most of the time they are linked to the planet. And if you move them away, they become worthless, but Let's look at some uh, comments. Oh, yeah. Let, let's let's do that. Here we go. Uh, first weird guy says, uh, we house ruled away that rule that Wormwood stuff only works on Wormwood. And we had an APOC class yeah. who came back to Rift's Earth. Well, that, that's a house rule. That's good for you. But by the by the letter, by, by the rules as written, anything made of Wormwood will disappear or die 1d6 hours after leaving Wormwood. That's just the way it is. Wormwood born who goes to an SDC world becomes an SDC being. Yes, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't make that distinction specifically. But if you are born in in Wormwood, you are an MDC being. If you move to another high magic area like Rips Earth, you are still an MDC being. But if you move to an uh, low magic, excuse me, or no magic world, like all other supernatural creatures, you become an SDC being. Yes. I'm going to skip the next one because I'm going to come back to it. So this, uh, so shifters screw things up again. No matter the planet, they're just Russian roulette players with full revolver. I agree. I Okay, weird guy. Yeah, weird guy. You are absolutely right. Yep. 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 Bane of my existence. Uh, I thought there were ley lines underground. Nope. How did Aaron Tarn leave? There are not ley lines underground. There are caves that you can go to that have enough concentrated magic that if you are a ley line walker, 
or a, a practitioner of magic or a psionic, it will act like a ley line. It is not a ley line, but it will act like it, meaning that you increase your damage duration and whatever of your spells by 50% or your sonic powers by 50%. It has okay. that effect, but it is not an actual ley line. So a rift cannot spontaneously form. And if you have a power that forms rifts on a ley line or next, there are no nexus points, but obviously, cause you need a ley line for that. Uh, if you need a ley line to make something, you can't do it because there are no ley lines. So uh, instead of changing Carpet of Adhesion's mechanics, you just change this level, make it a level seven or eight spell. That's from the a past conversation. Yeah. But since this is yeah. Palladium, we're actually on topic now. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I understand, I, and and yeah, I get it. There's a lots of ways you the, lots of ways you can uh, you can alter your game to make it easier for you mm -hmm. and and for the player. We that that's one way to go. That is that's, that's legit at at your table. That's completely legit. All right, one more, and then I've got something else to do. Uh, I'm, oh, yeah, I've been watching your YouTube a lot since I found your channel. So there you go, over on oh, Twitch thank side. Thank you very much. So. Johnny Drac Draculia. Draculier. Johnny Draculier. Yes, thank you very much. I, I appreciate it. I'm glad you're having fun. And now, hold on one second before I do this last one, because I'm going to present something now. Okay. Go away. There we go. <laughs> Yes, Edgelord. So what's up, peeps? Just hopped in. Does everyone know about the Dead Rain Bundle of Holding? If you go to Bundle of Holding, there is... Uh, it's got, I have... Well, let's put it like this. I either have the stuff or I don't want it <laughs> of, of what's on here. So Splicers, System Failure, Dead Rain. I own, well, two of them. And I don't like Splicers at all. I Anyway. I have all of them. You do? Yeah, I don't have yeah. Dead Rain. I, I probably won't ever get Dead Rain either, but, uh, you know, it's just... Uh, then seven Dead Rain source books and Splicer's I Am Legion. If you want to see what those source books are, see uh, where does it say Dead Rain? Hell followed. That okay? I think it mentions it in here. Oh, Civilization Gone, Dark Places, Endless Dead, Fear the Reaper, Graveyard Earth, Hell followed in the face of death. Plus Splicer's expansion, I Am Legion, which. I have a shirt that says I am Legion, but it has nothing to do with uh nothing to do with splicers, yeah. But yeah. hey, you know what? If you wanna if you wanna play a, a a dead rain campaign, having all those extra books, uh you don't need them, but they will add longevity to your campaign. And how much is this? Uh so what's the first one? Does it say up here? Oh, in nine ninety five for the starter collection, what's the bonus? Usually it's a different price for just I need you get all three complete games. Uh, and if you pay more than threshold price, so twenty nine zero three for all. But remember, this is a seven books right here. Usually they list yeah, all seven books up here, but they're not. Yeah. But yeah. And th these are all PDFs, right? Yes. Yes. Okay, that's what I thought. Because if they weren't, man, I'm buying that shit right now. Well, I mean, it's, it's bundle of holding. People have used bundle of holding. I've used it a bunch of times. Now, now, to be fair, I don't like splicers. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't like splicers. My issue with splicers is that it's it's too extreme in what it does. I like I like it conceptually, but it's too extreme for what it does. I system failure. Heathen dog didn't really like. I thought it was neat. I think it's one of those that you kind of do when you're uh, you know convention game or you just want to hang out and do something different. And dead rain, like everybody on the planet likes dead rain except for me. But my issue is that it's zombie tropes. And I'm so bored of zombies. If I never see another zombie or vampire in any fantasy or, or any game ever, I will be the happiest person on the planet. I'm just so well, sick of then, those And if anyone, anyone super chats or donates $2 or more, I will, I will, I'll review a vampire book next week. 
Well, there's a whole bunch of like you got a whole bunch of comments from people in the past saying do the Vampire Kingdoms. I know, I know, and I I will, but I'll do it next week for two dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. I hate you a lot. No, I know. All right, so uh, there we go. That's that's it. Let me get this uh, other. I'm not on the right screen. Uh, like, subscribe, and share. Do you have any follow up? Or are we just ready to go into OCCs? We are ready to go into OCCs. Okay, so OCCs. We're gonna look at. Maybe those priests, maybe maybe the big stompy robot people. I don't know. We're going to look at some stuff in the next one. We're going to talk about the different occupational character classes you can be on a planet made of mushrooms and and worms. It's weird. I'm still not convinced that this is the... Uh, that this is a, a uh, post-apocalyptic world. No, the, well, it is technically, but it's all just of the a, signs it's a of the mega damage fantasy world. Well, no, all of the signs of the apocalypse have been repaired by the planet. So far, I'm hearing that it is a mega oh. dam. It's a mega damage fantasy world. That, that that you didn't say what that's for. That's just ten bucks. Hey, I said anyone who does two dollars or more. It didn't matter. You said it had to say vampire. No, it didn't. Oh, so. Thank you, Seth McFulton. <laughs> we we are now doing a vampire book, either Vampire Kingdoms or the or the other vampire source book. I forget the name of it right now. But one uh, well, of those isn't like all the South American ones, and isn't that? Well, no, it's it's Mexico. Mexico. Oh, it's Mexico, Mexico is, the, is the main vampire infestation in the world, which makes sense. <laughs> okay. I'll once I stop laughing, um, in a couple right, seconds, you, 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 you can stop. All right, uh, gotta get that ready. Okay, so he'll be with you in just a moment. Oh, Western Empire. Okay. No, no. Look, ultimately, I expect him to cover all of the uh, Dimension books and. Yeah, I was going to do it anyway. Yeah, yeah. But, so I, I knew it was coming at some point. <laughs> <laughs> now it's going to happen too. All right, <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen. Wow. Nope. Nope. Cut, take two. Take two. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Rift's Dimension Book One, Wormwood, where I'm going to talk about some OCCs and maybe an RCC. Now, the cool thing about Wormwood, which I talked about in the first episode, was that Wormwood things stay in Wormwood. And along the same vein, the OCCs of Wormwood really only work in Wormwood. I'm going to show you why in just a second. We believe that role-playing games should take place in fantastic worlds. The focus of the game should be on role-playing and having a good time. The core values of Hashtag RPGate and any good tabletop group are escapism, not representation, entertainment over activism, and natural, organic inclusion, not forced diversity. The charity we support is the Wounded Warrior Project, a national nonpartisan organization whose mission is to honor and empower wounded warriors. Please refer to the description below for the link to where you can make your hopefully tax-deductible donation. Join us Thursday and Saturday evenings on twitch.tv slash legionofmyth to watch Heathen Dog and his team of dirty casuals play multiplayer games for your mockery and enjoyment. Here on our YouTube channel, you can watch these game-related segments live every Sunday at 1 p.m. Central Time, or check out the Friday Night Chill Stream, where our panel of guests opine, comment, and editorialize on the TTRPG hobby as a whole. 
please like this video and leave a comment to appease the algorithm gods. Share this video on your favorite social media platforms to help us peer out of the shadows cast over us. And if you have not done so already, please subscribe to Legion Myth for more tabletop RPG goodness. I got to jump in here for a second. Oh, we'll get that off the screen. Um, I want to thank uh, Kdolo on Twitch. I don't pay attention to Twitch ever or at all for a $25 donation to the Wounded oh, Warrior Project. So, thank you. Uh, thank you. Remember, Friday. It's this, or not Friday, Saturday. <laughs> Veterans Day this year is on Saturday. This Saturday, 24-hour live stream. Yep. All right, go ahead. All right, here we go. So, we're going to talk about some OCCs of Wormwood and why they only exist in Wormwood. And that's an important thing because, uh, like I like I said in the first video, Kevin had the had the solution for for uh, setting power creep, and he tossed it after book one. <laughs> sad. So we're going to talk about the Priest of Light. Okay, that is Palladium Fantasy. Yes, this this is very very Palladium Fantasy, and it's understandable because this is the first dimension book, right? I mean, mostly he did. Plating fantasy stuff. I, I get it, right? Long ago, the priest was a scholar, teacher, healer, and spiritual leader. Today, the priest must add warrior to his list of duties. All are versed in the basis of combat and self-defense. Many wear armor and carry weapons, but most still consider themselves to be teachers, healers, and counselors rather than fighters. Well, they are wrong because <laughs> they, they're, they're, they're mostly... Uh, army chaplains so this basically. is a, this like doesn't matter how you identify the fact is you are yeah, a fighter. Yeah. <laughs> i identify as a cat well you're not susan so shut the hell up <laughs> basically it all right so what are the powers and abilities of a wormwood priest of light the majority of them are good you don't have to be good only five percent are evil 20 percent selfish everyone else is good so a quarter of them are not good how is that possible? Well, because the bad priests are super bad. They're not like, oh, I'm a little selfish. No, they're super bad. They're not stealing from the collection plate. They're using the collection plate to, you know, kill children. So <laughs> yeah, it, these guys wait, are good. Wait, in comparison. wait, what? To kill children? Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll get to them. Okay. I'll get to them. All right. PPE, permanent base. 1d4 times 10 plus 50 plus an additional 2d6 PPE per level of experience. Additional mystic energy can be drawn from symbiotic crystals, stones, and other priests if given freely. Here's the thing. They, the planet also creates crystals. These crystals have effects. One of the effects is storing PPE. And people of magic, say the priest here, can draw upon that PPE to use it to create effects. Now, the thing is, don't really have the same kind of spell magic in Wormwood as you have in everywhere else in the multiverse. I'm going to get to that. Meditation plus MDC, OCC bonuses, doesn't matter. Communion with Wormwood. These are the magic powers that they get. The priest starts with the following powers over Wormwood. Create a burial place. Create a fountain of water. Create an opening. Close an opening. Life fuel. Locate places of evil, impervious to symbiotes, mold structures. That impervious to like symbiotes one... seems like a back. Like, like, why would you want that? Like what? Why, why wouldn't you? So impervious to symbiotes. So you can't wear a symbiote that gives you MDC armor. But what if you don't want a symbiote on you? Remember, in the, in the last episode, I told you some some of the symbiotes have been corrupted 
for bad things by the demon. By choice impervious or is it like, no, you're impervious to all of them? It is a choice. You have to spend PPE to activate this and all simians will go, oh, gross. And like, gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. That's different. Yeah. You get one additional ability at levels one, two, two abilities at levels three and four and one for each subsequent level experience. So you start with the following powers and then you get more as you go on. You don't have spells. You have these abilities, which only work when you're in Wormwood. Only work here. They don't work anywhere else. So keep that in mind, right? And your OCC skills are common for scholars and, and people of magic, lore, lore, language, language, literacy, basic math, first aid, wilderness survival. It's it's all the common stuff. Uh, armor, chain mail, and Various types of light armor provide 40 MDC with no prowl penalty. A half suit of plate armor gives you 50, gives bonus, blah, blah, blah. Full plate armor offers 100 MDC, but has minus 20 prowl penalty. Note, there are dozens of different styles of armor. Characters can also wear armor from Rift's Earth or any other world. Most priests tend to wear light to medium armor just because they don't, they don't want the bulk, right? But the symbiotes, the priest of light never uses symbiotic organisms, but can summon the battle saint and other symbiotes and can use stones and crystals. They don't use symbiotes. That makes sense then. All right. Since it's written. But they can summon symbiotes for other people to use. Like, oh my God, I need a new armor worm. You can summon an armor worm and the other guy can wrap it around his body. That's fine. That's fine. Then we have a high priest who has abilities that are very similar. Uh, community of Wormwood, same, plus select three additional spells of choice. Attribute requirements for this one are, are real. Level requirements, a high priest must be ninth level or higher. This is kind of like a, uh, a prestige class. Okay. Right? So let, let's see what's... Now, do you ha- so you don't have to take high priest, do you? That's just something you could... Oh, it's NPC, never mind. It's NPC, so it's a prestige class for a non-player character. Uh, there's a congress of high priests who operate as ruling body of the cathedral. Generally, each major city has one high priest. Those whose city or territory has been conquered by the force of darkness and are occupied by monsters is either in exile at one of the free cities or leads to underground freedom fighters and or church in that area. This is, this is like a... a like you, you, you go from a cleric to a bishop or a cardinal. That would be the high priest. And a player character can't be a high priest because a high priest is also a political as well as a spiritual leader. And Kevin wanted to keep everyone away from, you know, just sitting in their in their underground bunker planning attacks. That's not fun, yeah, right? There's no domain play aspect in this. Exactly. Game. Right. So this is all for them. Apoc the Avenger. Apoc is the most notorious of the cathedral's legion of warriors and protectors. These men and women who started life as champions of light. light. Some, like the Confessor, are believed to have been priests of light who fell prey to greed, hate, envy, or any number of other vices and joined the forces of darkness. They turned away from the forces of darkness, redeemed themselves, and now wear the Apoc mask, which gives them abilities. What abilities? Well, we'll find out in just a second. See, there's the mask. The mask is their main thing. Abilities of the APOC. Alignment. Good. Every APOC is good. You turned away from darkness. You now walk toward the light. You have permanent PPE, meditation, plus 40 MDC on top of your grand total, whatever it is. And remember, just because you're born an MDC creature doesn't necessarily mean that skills won't increase your MDC. They will. Physical skills will increase your MDC just like it would SDC. 
And then you get 40 more on top of that. But the mask, you have supernatural strength and endurance, impervious to all forms of possession, impervious to horror factor. You always save, always save. Doesn't matter what, oh, you got to roll a 54. You'll never roll that. I don't have to roll. I always So wait, my Nightbane with a 22 is screwed here? to this guy. This guy's seen some shit, all right? He's seen it. 22 that's that's more no 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 your little (laughs) cinnabite visage is is like a a happy dream to him right it doesn't doesn't scare him at all the the apoc is further empowered by the demon mask this mask is not a sign of evil nor meant as a badge of honor it is worn as a brand to remind the apoc of his former life and crimes the mask tells all who see it that this is this warrior was a champion of light a traitor who turned to evil and became a minion of darkness. It is said that when the unholy, which is the the group of demons as a whole, they're called the unholy, is slain and all of his evil minions have been destroyed or cast off of Wormwood, that the mask will become powerless and the Apoch can finally live in peace. That That's not today. The mask or, gives or the Apoch soon. Yeah, a horror factor of 16 to all demons and evildoers evildoers including the unholy which is the 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 leader of the of the of the unholy's host the unholy is like the main bad guy the mask reflects the evil of demonic creatures and shows them the face of their own destruction even if you're not a demon or an evildoer it's horror factor 10 for everybody because that you're just a scary dude All of your attacks inflict double damage to supernatural beings and creatures of magic, including demons, vampires, dragons, and alien intelligences. The damage is doubled regardless of the type of weapon. If you have a knife that does 1d4, now it does does 2d4. If you have something that inflicts 4d6, it inflicts 46 times 2. Even SDC weapons will become mega damage and then doubled. In the hands of an epoch. A broken table leg is an MDC club. MDC hmm. damage doing club. Is in it the one use club or is it a permanent like, like okay, it does mega as damage. As long as they're holding it. Okay. As long as they're holding it and using it as a weapon, it does mega damage. <laughs> Chat's getting weird. You also get plus one attack per, per melee, plus one initiative. Here's the, here's the rub right here. Here's the big one. Plus 200 MDC. Just by putting the mask on. Bleach anyone? Yeah. Anyone who under, anyone who knows the anime bleach. This is the 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 visor red thing of turn the mask. Boom. Now you're supernatural. The mask itself is indestructible and radiates magic. The mask cannot be destroyed, which means even if you kill the APOC, some other one person come along who is a minion of evil, see that happen and want to turn back to the good side of the force, pick up the mask, put it on, and Boom. Now he now he's a Jedi. I'm I'm not trying to parse the game. I'm just curious. What would happen with like a rune weapon going against uh, a mask like that? It's a it's the whole immovable object and irresistible force. They cancel each other out. Okay. They won't do anything to each other. Okay. Uh let's see what else we got. This is him without the Crafting mask. Gamer, he showed that in the last video. I hope he just skips that one. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's see about here. Cybernex and Bionics, none. 
except for what other dimensional visitors bring with them from their home world. You don't start off with any because this, this is 15th century technology place. Symbiotes never uses any symbiote except for the battle saint or battle saint orb. Th those are, those are the, the, uh, two, uh, machine like things that the wormwood planet can create to help you fight. You have to get in them and fuse with them. And then you can be a giant power armor. They, they can do this, but they can't use any other symbiotes. Now, let's look at the host. That's the name for the, all the demons, the, the demon people. Forces of darkness. Oh, my God. Yeah, he looks really lame. <laughs> but let's let that go. Well, no, there's a, there's a creepiness factor for being that simplistically lame that makes you go, yeah, you're, you're on the wrong side. We know. Yeah. The humans of Wormwood call the unholy and all the minions of darkness demons. Indeed, most are supernatural monsters of the most vile nature. However, many are simply monstrous life forms by human standards and alien from alien dimensions. Regardless of the so-called demon's true nature, the supernatural, magic, or mortal, they are all black-hearted fiends dedicated to evil. Many are cannibals. All are deplorably rude, lewd, vicious, hate-filled, and sadistic. They are children of chaos, sorrow, and madness, harbingers of doom. From the standpoints of humans and most good creatures, they are definitely demonic monsters. All right. Well, let's see what what they call a demonic monster. Forces of Got darkness. The tree orc. There's the unholy, who's the supreme ruler. There's this supposed to be legion, not legion. <laughs> He's a high lord, second in command. And then the host. Those are all the other demons from that black dimension. And then there are the lower class people the you know middle class lower class lowest class Th those are those are other demonic type beings that have found their way to wormwood and sided with the host because they're the they're the evil game in town so let's look at the dark priest non-player villain that's important non-player villain oh the dark priest villain can be human or db most are greedy power hungry fools they are men and women who have become willing slaves or accomplices to the forces of darkness and traitors to humanity these evil and self-serving people obey and follow the unholy and his host with absolute loyalty those who are closest to their demonic lords practically worship them and obey their commands without question or hesitation others are more insidious and conniving they care little about the host, but gladly serve as a means to their own ends, usually acquisition of power, wealth, and or glory. Some are just malicious bullies and tormentors who like to hurt and belittle others to feel good or feel strong. As a minion of darkness, they are given ample opportunities to enjoy themselves. Now, what <laughs> do they get? Must be anarchist or evil. No, no good guys. That makes sense. Permanent PPE base, nothing special there. Meditation, plus 30 MDC, OCC bonus. Communion with Wormwood. The priest starts out with the following powers. Close an opening, create a barrel place, create a fountain, create life force, create magic slime, create an opening, create worm zombies, mold structures, ride giant parasites, summon and command parasites, summon flies. Now, question, question about why the... Would the, why would the planet give evil things power? Thank right? you. That's I what I was just going to ask. Yeah. yeah, I knew you were going to ask that. Most of these priests are humans that have become evil. The planet does not differentiate between good acts and bad acts. Just that a human wants food, a human summoning a parasite, I'll, uh, a symbiote, I'll do it. Human wants a structure, I'll do it. Human wants a burial place, I'll do it. That's basically all the planet's programmed to do. Okay. So it does it. 
And of course, these are corrupted uh, type things. So you can also summon the magic slime, the worm zombies, the flies, parasites, because these are the, the parasites, worm zombies, and magic slime are corrupted symbiotes. And because you're using corrupted magic to summon them, you can summon them as well. You're basically tricking Wormwood into creating weapons against its own people. Wormwood isn't complicit in the murder of humans. It just doesn't know any better. It doesn't know the difference. To, to, the, to Wormwood, symbiotes are just a tool. A tool is not inherently good or evil. It's what the person does with it. So if a human asks for a tool and Wormwood has it in its toolbox, oh, here you go. Okay. That's it. Now, if you use it to kill somebody, well, that's on you, man. It doesn't, doesn't make the tool evil. Power of the unholy. This is special. The dark priest willingly allows himself to be possessed by the unholy or one of the host. This turns it into a powerful warlord with supernatural strength, 40, and wow. unnatural powers. This is like the worst parts of a witch. Apply the following. Plus three what? Hundred? 100 MDC slash hit points. Increase to 40. Wait, wait. So what, why did it say hit? Oh, because of STC worlds? You can still be a dark priest and not be born on Wormwood. You can okay. be from Earth. Gotcha. Plus one bonus to all saves. See the invisible. Possess all the community, community of Wormwood spells known by the host. That is any of the demons or the unholy that, that runs the demons. You basically know all of them that they know. The duration of possession is unlimited, hours, days, months, whatever, but seldom lasts for more than a few days at a time. The host prefers their own giant bodies over those of a puny human. Note, while the monster possesses the dark priest, his own body lays dormant in a deep coma-like state. It is typically hidden in a safe place and guarded by several powerful and loyal beings with a half dozen uh, Crichton flailers and leapers. Those are uh, corrupted uh, demon-like beings. Uh, the host can sense when a natural body is under attack and can return to it in 1d4 minutes. When the priest is released from possession, all of his abilities return to normal. Now, th th they're, they're talking about the actual demon that you called to possess you. The demon's body's empty. That's why he, he's not going to stay in you forever. He could. He could stay in you forever. But why would he? His, his body's so much cooler than yours is. But you're a servant. He's going to milk you out, out of whatever he wants afterward. Forgive You're not you going to want the body ass. back. It's going to be, it's going to be like, you know, uh, a squatter sat in there. It's going to smell bad. It's going to, yeah, it's going to be bad, but you're going to, you're going to owe this demon a lot for his help. And he's going to make you pay. And then we have dark minions, stupid shit like air, airfish. Come on. I'm not even going to read it. I'm not even going to read it. Screw you. I'm not going to read it. Uh, worm zombies for two dollar super chat. No, not even for two. <laughs> not even for two. Airfish, shut the hell up. I'm gonna go to worm zombies because that is generally terrifying. Here we go. I think loads of yeah, worm zombies, undead M NPC. Worm zombies are the product of dark magic at the hands of the host and their dark priests. They are simple-minded zombie warriors made from the remains of dead humans and giant mystic worms. The worms are actually symbiotic organisms made from wormwood. However, wormwood has no control over the forces, forced creation of the worms or the life they give to dead bones. 
it's the power and evil of darkness which shapes such nightmares. They are given life through magic and the PPE of life essences trapped inside life force cauldrons, which is a uh, a, a corrupted artifact made by Wormwood. Normally, it's it stores PPE. Now it stores souls. It's no good. Worm zombies obey their creator, the unholy, and any of the host. They understand simple commands and respond to basic combat situations. They make a disturbing hissing sound and even speak short phrases like, You must die. You none may enter. And so on. However, they mostly hiss and growl or repeat one or two words like, Find, kill, find, kill, die, 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 kill, kill, kill. You know, whatever. They're, hoorah. They're, they're like their own cheerleaders. Worm zombies are robot-like killing machines created by the force of darkness. They have no independent thought, emotions, or personality. They cannot be used as a player character, so shut your hole. Always um. diabolic. Attributes. IQ roughly equal to six, but only follows orders and kills anyone it does not recognize. ME, not applicable. MA, not applicable. PS, 28. Wow. PP, 13. PE, not applicable. PB, 1. So one. they're gross. They're super gross. That and the worms. Great. Super uh, physical strength is considered to be supernatural. So it's supernatural 28. So that's even better. MDC 2d4 times 10 plus 40 plus any armor. Hit points in an SDC environment. We don't worry about that. Horror factor naturally is 11. Natural abilities, night vision, see the invisible, resistant normal fire, does half damage. Impervious to mind control and empathic transmission because they're undead. Impervious to horror factor, fearless. Impervious to pain. Impervious to poison drugs, blah, blah, blah. Bioregenerate 46 MDC once per every 15 seconds. Plus, it can completely grow new limbs within 24 hours unless the head is decapitated, smashed, and burned. Not or. Not or. <laughs> and it's all these things. All of these things have to happen for this thing to actually die. All right, so vulnerability, vulnerabilities and penalties. Cold and or water slows them down, reduce speed by half, minus one melee attack. Weapons made of magic or silver inflict double damage. Body armor. Whatever body armor you can find and put on these guys, you can put on. They, if, if they're made from humans, human size will fit. If they're made from orcs, orc size will fit. Whatever. You can add armor to these guys. It's fine. So let's look at... The last one we're going to look at is the unholy, the unholy himself, Lord of darkness and supreme ruler of the host. It's a pretty good title. I mean, to be fair, supreme he probably ruler. came up with it himself, though. Yeah, it's a pretty good title. Self-described. Fair. <laughs> the leader of the inhuman creatures and transdimensional monsters is a fiend known as the unholy. He is a dreadful demonic monstrosity who revels in the conquest, enslavement, suffering, and death of lesser creatures. Even his physical appearance is a grotesque mockery of nature, part wolf, part bull, all monster. The unholy lost his large left eye in combat with the confessor that, again, if you want, you can read the book for, for some of the background, and covers it with a patch sewn directly onto his flesh. This has earned the confessor his hatred and his fear. The hideous beast wears a suit of crimson plate armor with black trim and a skirt of chainmail. Okay. Unholy is the power on Wormwood. This is the dude that makes makes the moves. He's the mover, he's the shaker. He controls the planet through his host. So, what are his powers? 
the Black Abyss. This is where his people were trapped millennia ago before the idiots of Wormwood, the idiot humans of Wormwood let him out, right? And this is a place of, this is basically the, the biblical idea of hell. It's not chains of fire, lakes of ice, stuff like that. It is the absence of everything. And he can put you there. It's not somewhere you want to be. Right? Black Abyss can be created and left anywhere. They last for 1d4 days per level of its creator, unless created along a ley line or at a nexus. Well, obviously not in Wormwood. When created on a ley line or a similar place of power, like a subterranean deep tunnel inside Wormwood, that's the only place apparently this will work, the Black Abyss lasts one decade per level of its creator. At a ley line nexus, which there are none on Wormwood, the dimensional prison exists for one century per level of its creator, which is all just academic because no one in the host, including the unholy, can leave Wormwood or they'll die. They can't leave. So that doesn't matter. Now, is it possible to learn this? That's the only reason to write that, that's write that paragraph. It's the only reason. So apparently, yes, you can learn to do it. The power is available only to the leader of the host and his second in command. It can also be mastered as a temporal spell by temporal raiders and temporal wizards who are 13th level or higher. There you go. That's why you have ley lines and ley line nexuses. Temporal raider, is that in Wormwood or is that from somewhere No, no, that, that's, in, uh, that's in other books. Is that Japan or something? No, it's, it's uh, England, I think. Okay. I think it was, okay. yeah, England. But for 1d4 days, 1d4 decades, or 1d4 centuries, you are removed from the universe. You're done. You're done, son. You're, you're out. You're on, you're on timeout. You're in the penalty box. The only person that has a 100% chance of letting you out is the guy who put you there. He's probably not going to let you out. Everyone else has like low double-digit chance of, of actually doing it, and they can only try one time. The only the only person who could have a really good chance of getting you out is the Temporal Raider at 69% chance of success. All right? Anyone else is 37 and lower. A Shifter has a 17% chance of, 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 uh, of releasing someone trapped in the Abyss. 21 for Temporal Wizard, 37. I'm sorry. Uh, Temporal Warrior 21, Temporal Wizard 37. The Shifter, Temporal Wizard, and Warrior can escape within 2d4 days. If you're if they're inside, they understand dimensional physics enough to get themselves out, but it's going to take time. Right? So that's that's his ability. Now, uh, natural ability, same as the host. The eyes are small, difficult targets to strike, blah blah blah. The host, the blind host is still powerful, but bitter and vengeful beyond human comprehension. Okay, yeah, whatever. If so you want to shoot him in the eyes, takes, can. That ability but, takes 500 PPE and he only has 900. So it's not like he can throw them around everywhere. Yeah, but you can you can kill like five slaves and double oh, their yeah. PPE of death. Oh, right? fair. So, okay, fair. Yeah. Special ability, ability to warp and shape nature. Same as the host, the unholy has the following spells of communion with Wormwood. All of these spells or abilities. I don't want to call them spells. They're abilities. Summon and use symbiotes can redesign slash create new types. The unholy is the one that has corrupted symbiotes. You can grab a symbiote, change what it does to suit his particular fancy of that day. And uh, now everyone can mass create them 
as long as they can summon them. He, he's basically adding templates to the world. Tricking Wormwood into creating corrupted things. A master psionic with the following powers. Astral projection, clairvoyance, empathy, blah, 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 a whole list. Laundry list. But remember, even he is uh, dampened by the anti-psychic field around Wormwood. So it's half damage, half duration, all that stuff. Uh, yeah, body armor. Uh, his crimson armor adds another 100 MDC, but is worn as ornamentation more than anything else. Why? What's his actual MDC? I kind of skipped over that. Let's see. We got, oh, 6,100. Okay. Yeah. An extra hundred really isn't going to matter. It's kind of like a rounding error at that point. <laughs> yeah. So he has the MDC of uh, an adult dragon. Around about there, maybe a little more, a little more, a little less around this, around the same area. A dragon from rifts coming here. That would be, that would be a danger to him. That would, that would be a legitimate threat. So those are examples of, of what, what you're going to see. The main thing is the Priest of Light and the Priest of Darkness. We talked about the APOC as well because they're a very special case. They are reformed hosts that have become good guys, get a lot of power, but at, at what cost, right? I mean, natural horror factor. I mean, every, every child that sees you says, dear God, what is that thing? You're not going to be loving your life very much, right? And then, of course, and, and then, of course, the, the unholy and his host of demons. We, we looked at the unholy and uh, the host, the rest of the demons are him just a little bit, a little bit, a little bit lower. Is there like a table of contents or a list or something that shows all the uh, OCCs, RCCs? Yes. At like the beginning. So people can see what else there is just to get an idea. Okay. We have. There we go. Priest of Light, we did. Apoc, we did. Monk. Mm -hmm. uh, worm Speaker. I showed you the Worm Speaker. The Worm Speaker specializes in summoning worms, and he starts off the game with one of every worm already attached to his body. That sounds like <laughs> that sounds like somebody needs to be taken to the vet. <laughs> Symbiotic Warrior. That's. That's a warrior that starts off with many different kinds of symbiotes attached to his body. Holy Terror, Freelancer OCC, Knights of the Order of the Temple, Knights of the Order of the Hospital, kind of like uh, uh, Templar Knights and uh, Paladin type Knights. Is and the Holy Terror have... a four-year-old? What? Is the Holy Terror a four-year-old? <laughs> it should be. Dark Minions, Feathered Serpent Animals, Skyrider RCCs, uh, Lords of Darkness, uh, okay. They're the, the demons and the unholy. We looked at that. Just an idea just to show people that, hey, there there are a bunch more in there. We picked yeah. some interesting ones, but uh, there are more in there. And uh, oh, yeah, to round out your play. Yes, there are. So let's cool. take a look at the uh, starred comments we have for now. Yep. All right. Uh, hold on. Okay, sorry. I forgot to delete that one. And, okay. and I forgot to delete that one. Jeepers. Got your super chat. All right, here we go. To be honest, I prefer the house rule that Wormwood symbiotes live when away from the planet. Otherwise, this book becomes a niche setting where my Rifts players are unlikely to ever go or return. I have a response to that, but I want to see yours is first. Okay. Well, the thing is, the Wormwood, is, as it's written, is a great place to dip the player's toes into interdimensional travel and not have it uh, 
negatively impact your main campaign setting over the long term. For example, if you are a normal North American campaign and you guys go to Japan, you now have access to a whole bunch of Glitter Boy variants. You have access to a whole bunch of cybernetics that don't exist in North America. You can come back with those things and fundamentally alter the, the game of the, the, the play of your main storyline area. But with Wormwood, you can show them things and try and bring them back and have it fall apart, turn to ash, and they're pissed. But you you saved yourself a headache in the long term because now you are not you are not subjected to the power creep of Wormwood. I like it. <laughs> I can't that I can't wait to read that one. Um, okay, let's. Oh, so my my take on it is this, and I might be looking at Rifts incorrectly, and if I am, oh, I kind of don't care. But this isn't a world book. This is a dimension book. And so the fact that it's niche and the fact that it's outside and the fact that it's not part of Rifts, to me, I see as a bonus. Yeah, it's supposed to be niche. That, that's, 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 that's what it is. It's, this isn't a world book. You're not just going to Antarctica. You're not just going to South America. You're going to a completely different dimension. Now, I know one could argue, but Phase World is too. Yeah, but Phase World has a big hub in the center of it that says, hey, go wherever you want. Yeah, Wormwood is specifically cut off from the normal Rift network. Yeah. So this is a special case. So I understand why this stuff doesn't happen. Why, why you can't bring stuff back. So, but I mean, he likes the house rule and there's nothing inherently wrong with that. All right. So this one, uh, APAC, what I loved about Wormwood. Okay. Hey, you know, I get it. I get it. They are, they, it, it is a great story, right? The, the, the fallen hero trying to redeem himself. I get it. I get it. It's a great story and I'm about it. Uh, should we mention that the Battle Saint is a magic Jaeger type, like the yep. robot of Pacific Rim Evangelion? Yes. I don't know what Evangelion, Evangelion. is. Yeah. But... Yes, they're, they're, they're giant, giant power armor. Not not power, but giant robots. They're giant stompy robots. Only powered by magic and created by the planet. Uh, isn't the Unholy Terra a DB to the Wormwood planet? It's not a symbiote. Uh, actually, I don't remember. Where is it? I didn't see that in what you were reading, but I know you skipped some paragraphs because obviously you're not going to read the absolute read the every yeah. Uh, unholy terror, unholy terror. Don't see it. Well, it's because you're looking for it now. <laughs> yeah, it's because I'm looking for it now. Fucking <laughs> temporal raider. No, it it's not in the quick quick guide. That sucks. Uh, maybe you know what somebody can put that in the comment section yeah yeah go uh, find it put in the comment and answer the question that'd be awesome oh Hawkman says wait if the host didn't originate in the black abyss where did they originate well they were uh, this is no one knows because the host isn't telling anyone but they were imprisoned from somewhere else to the black abyss and then it was eons before someone found them and it was people on wormwood so that that's where they were that's where they came out of but they were in another dimension and they were put into this pocket dimension which is the black abyss as a as a prison so i get it it says page 141 Ooh, page 141 okay i see it uh what now demonic monstrosity oops uh it, no scroll back up 
It's right there. So it says demonic. No, this is the leader. This is the leader, the unholy. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Uh, that's the leader. Wasn't he? Host. So somewhere in there, it said that he was. Oh, a it is Legion. Oh my God, this guy. Whatever. But it was specifically uh, about the unholy, saying that he was a DB. Well, he technically yes, because he's from another dimension. But so are all demons. They're from a demon dimension or a hell dimension or whatever you call it. So yeah, but we don't know where he originally came from because he's not telling, okay. and everyone who knows besides him is dead. So to be fair, that's not related to Mark Hawkman's question. That was related to the one before that talked about okay. the unholy. I, I don't know because obviously I don't have the book, but uh, you know you can read it in the book and find out. And again, you can answer that in uh, in the comment section if you know the answer to it. All and right. then for ten dollars, CPK. Uh, forty-seven ninety-one. Thank you for the ten dollars. Appreciate that. Our vampire alien intelligence toxic and great for slaying the fought. <laughs> the fought for people who don't know are from Battlelords of the twenty-third century. Heathen dog really hates them. I really like hate. I like them in a past editions. I don't like them in seventh edition. They're too normalized now. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, but everybody wants to kill the fought. They're hillbilly bunnies. Hillbilly bunnies suck. Holy terrors. Holy terrors are known as dedicated monster hunters and have always fought on the side of good, but they still frighten most humans. Yeah, I can see that. Okay. okay if you want to know that. more, get the book. Get the book. Get the book, and you can know more. Uh, there was one more I actually wanted to look at. Uh, oh, did Wormwood come with an adventure? No. There we go. And that, that makes my next video... Thank you for the segue. That makes my next video a lot harder, but uh, I think I'll be able to explain it just fine. Uh, what what kind of adventures can you glean from Wormwood? Wormwood, excuse me. Uh, whether your player characters are born there or they happen to be accidentally visiting. Well, we'll find out in the next next video. All right. Oops. All right. Give me a second to set everything up. Sure. Thing. I, I gotta be honest, I, I like this being a niche thing. Like, choose to use it if you want, don't use it if you don't want. I think it makes for, again, for me and my taste, I, look, I don't think it's bad, not in any way, shape, or form. I don't think it's bad. I just, eh, if I was running riffs, which I wouldn't do, I'd play riffs, not run it. Um, this This wouldn't excite me. But that's, again, because when I see this book, I still see it as so much more Palladium fantasy than I do riffs. I understand why. I mean, that's what makes it a dimension book. It's something totally different outside the scope of riffs. And this proves that riffs is the kitchen sink or everything yeah. plus the kitchen sink. And I'm, and I'm perfectly OK with that. I have zero issues with this book existing or people playing it. But I think the fact that it's a dimension book and that it's separate from riffs is actually a strength, not a weakness. Like Fair. if you're here. You're here. Ready? Okay. <clears throat> Welcome back to Roof. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> yes. To Roofs? Roofs. I said that Roofs. Okay. Never mind. Try again. Welcome back to Riffs Dimension Book One Wormwood Video Three. Now we're going to talk about 
adventuring in Wormwood? Well, obviously there are two ways to do it. Either your campaign is based and created in in Wormwood, meaning that you are playing denizens of the place or you're visiting from another dimension. Two ways to go about doing it and they're both very different. Let's find out. The core values of hashtag RPGate and any good tabletop group are escapism, not representation, entertainment over activism, and natural organic inclusion, not forced diversity. Please follow that QR code or refer to the description below for the link to the charity we support, which is the Wounded Warrior Project. Thursdays and Saturdays, you can watch the Dirty Casuals on twitch.tv slash Legion of Myth. Fridays and Sundays, you can watch the Friday Night Chill Stream and RPG Digest on our YouTube and Rumble channels. Please leave us a comment with your thoughts and experiences, and if you like our gaming content, please be sure to subscribe to Legion of Myth. All right, so what I said earlier, there are two way, two basic ways to come at this dimension book. You have the characters were born and raised on Wormwood, or the characters got to Wormwood. You choose either one. All right. Obviously, there's going to be major thematic differences. Uh, one, eating worms and, and lichen, mm-mm, good. If you were no. born there, it's going to be great. Oh, no, it's just breakfast. Of course, you know, coming to Wormwood and say, you got any food? Yeah, here, have some worms. Okay, that's fair, fair, fair. Yeah, it's going to get weird for a minute. But on top of that, you also are uh, have intrinsic knowledge of the host and the, the the priests of darkness and and all of the supernatural monsters that that just completely dominate all of your people and so you are probably going to fight against this that's probably where your adventure is going to go if your player characters were born and raised on wormwood but if you're not if you're visiting you're going to get the lay of the land you're going to have to understand what's going on you may make mistakes in the beginning and that's great. You may accidentally side with some bad guys because you don't know any better. Or if you are a fledgling dragon in your group, some of the demons might think you're a buddy. Say, what are you doing hanging around with these humans? Oh, they're your slaves, right? Oh, that makes perfect sense. Can, can I take off this one's arm? I'll pay you back. Something like that can happen and you're going to get into a fight. It's cool like that. But what are you going to do long-term? That's both short-term nonsense. What about medium and long-term? Well, obviously there is the fighting against the host. Fighting against these guys. If you are a good player group, good aligned player group, you are going to quickly recognize the good guys from the bad guys. Is that something low-level characters can do effectively? What, fight these guys? Yeah. Yeah, not not like actual demons or obviously the unholy, but these low-level jabronis, like goblins and stuff like that. Yeah, sure. They can fight those all day. Remember, there are only so many demons from the Black Abyss that are here. The rest of them are dimensional travelers who came here and it's like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna hook my you know train up to up to up to this unholy engine over here, you know. So there's that. But if you have a good aligned group, you're going to want to fight. The host. Now, this is going to be a slow process since they control the planet. You free one place, you free another place, you defend the place you freed yesterday because now the the host is trying to take it back. It's a long, arduous process. So most of the adventures based on Wormwood that last a while are going to be basically 
a campaign of war. And if you were born in Wormwood, you are going to want to take that to completion. So it's going to be a long campaign with the end result being the freedom of Wormwood and the human populace from the host and the demonic asses that control it. So that's the obvious adventure trajectory for those who were born on Wormwood. But if you are not, your main goal is most likely going to be getting back home. But what do you do while you're there? Well, if you're a good aligned group, you would help the help the people who are being oppressed, right? And in return, they will give you information that will allow you to find your way back home. You, there, like I said, there are there are four portals to Earth on Wormwood. You got to get to them. You got to know where they are and then get to them. Well, you're not going to know that if you're not from here. And and, and you know how negotiation to... always works. I will tell yeah. you if you run this FedEx quest for me. Oh, exactly hey. right. That, that's how the adventures come up. You're building trust with the with the people of Wormwood to get information to send you home. And if you help them along the way, more's the better, right? It's great. If you're a selfish group, you're going to lie, cheat, and steal your way back home. If you're an evil group, well, you, you may hitch up to the beautiful little red wagon that is the unholy. I don't know. Maybe you want to stay at that point because this place is great for you. So it, it depends how your group is. But if your people were born there, you're going to want to end the tyranny of the host. If your people are, got sucked in here or visited here, you're going to want to get home. That's Those are the two basic adventure types. Now, how do we... How do we fill this in? How do we how do we fill out an entire campaign with these end results in mind? Well, there's a whole bunch of stuff that we could do. I mean, uh, there are all of the specialty items that only exist in Wormwood. And the cool thing is you can give them to your players and it won't matter in the long run. Especially if they want to go home. You can give them all the symbiotes you want. All the magic items you want. You know, I may have to eat worms and lichen, but I get a lot of cool stuff here. Can we stay? There you go. Maybe, hey, you know what? Some people may want to stay. That happens a lot in, in, in novels and movies and TV where one of the group was like, no, no, I really resonate with these people and I really like these worms in my mouth. So I want to I be all Zoidberged out right here. <laughs> I love you guys, but see ya. <laughs> that, could be, that could be a thing. But let's let's go check out some of the uh, some of the items that they can do uh, in in a couple of videos ago we talked about symbiotes mm -hmm. right worms and and uh, and you know making armor giving you strength all the impervious to poison all that cool stuff but the planet can also make stones bloodstones are one of them a deep blood red battle stone doubles the amount of normal damage to any weapon it is built into and turns it into a magical weapon. When placed in body armor, it magically doubles the amount of MDC. So think about huh? this. You are visiting Wormwood from Earth, right? You have you have MDC armor. It's plastic man armor. It's got 30 MDC. It's it's garbage. Put one of these stones in, boom, 60. But only while in Wormwood. But you don't know that. <laughs> Fair. You don't know that. I, who told you that? 
The people here don't know that. They've never been off of Wormwood, man. They don't know. Now, if you run into a temporal raider or a temporal warrior who can come and go from Wormwood much more easily than most, they would know that. But they are notorious dicks. They're not going to tell you. Okay. Bio Booster Stone. Permanent base of 60 points of PPE and cannot be siphoned by practitioners of magic. That means it can't be stolen. It's 60 PPE that you can use for whatever you need to use PPE for. And later on, it tells you it regenerates. Uh, Was it 10 per hour? Oh, regenerates completely after 24 hours. So if it runs out, if it runs out of power, you wait a day and it'll have 60 again. Then you can use it again. But these bio booster stones boost your stats by 50% for up to an hour. Strength, physical prowess, physical endurance, physical beauty, speed, and MDC, your natural hit points or MDC by 50%. And it costs 10, 20, or 30. PPE per activation. That's a pretty good deal. Double your strength for an hour for 10 PPE. You can do that six times per day. That's hardcore, man. Yeah, I want that. So part of part of the campaign is the group discovering, especially if they're, if they're visiting Wormwood, discovering all these awesome powers that Wormwood has. You don't know that when they leave, you're going to yank it out like, like, a, like a tablecloth. They don't know that. That's for you to laugh later on and them to cry, but that's the way it is. So what else can you do? What else can you do to do this campaign? Well, let's try this one. What, what kind of intrigue can there be? Because I, mean, I know you focused on the war, but what kind of intrigue can there be? Intrigue, they're really, Wormwood is pretty black and white. All right. And I understand why that is. Because the planet will give everyone everything you need to survive. So the conflict of trying to survive is severely mitigated by the planet. There is no basic conflict of food, water, shelter. You have all that for free all the time. So all of the other conflict is just status, power, you know, one-upsmanship personally between one person and another or one group and another. If you want to ally yourself with one group of people and you want to you want to, you know, make them more powerful. It's going to cause ruffle the feathers of other people that are in the area. That's up to you to do the, the whole socio, you know, conflict type thing, socio-political conflict you want to do is up to you as a game master, how much or how little of that you want. Like you could have little mini religious wars, not, not big ones, but little mini, like, you know, this yeah. enclave versus that way. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. You can go beyond the, the, the humans versus demons idea and have layers underneath mm. that of human faction versus human faction or uh and i mean um, i would encourage that because i uh, you know as i was saying at the end of last video i see this as a dimension book this isn't like a world book where you just kind of traipse with. this is like playing in forgotten realms versus playing in dragonlance versus playing in greyhawk when it comes to like dungeons and dragons you're not just you know, over there a couple of miles, you're in a completely different campaign yeah. setting. So you should 
in my opinion, be here for a while, if not the entirety of the campaign. So yeah, I mean, there are going to be all these little machinations that you can add in that that can sure. build, make Wormwood even well less two-dimensional than the book might make it out to be. Right. And as a game master, you can, uh, you can differentiate the host from one another. Like, for example, there is a list of the hosts here, uh, the demons. They are evil. They are awful. They are very powerful. 1d4 times 1,000 MDC. That's the demons from the, from the Black Abyss. But they are also jealous, conniving, and mean. So part of, part of the campaign could be you as player characters. Your job is to, is to secretly pit them against each other. Make them vie for control. In, inside their own internal hierarchy violently to weaken them so the humans can actually win a campaign win a war you're, you're you're there to screw with them you could do that too that that could be what you do especially if you are from outside of wormwood you know the, the, this kind of conniving is second nature to you <laughs> so you can you can implement this plan weaken them from within so the humans can can have victory. And in doing so, the humans promise you that we're going to take you home when you do this. Oh, okay, cool. And there are all kinds of all kinds of minions that are not hosts. There's the goblins, there's you know, all kinds of other stuff, all kinds of other other creatures that can be manipulated because they're dumb to accidentally fighting against the host or turning on the host be, because of some perceived slight or or uh, a perceived plan that the goblins think that the host is going to kill us if we finish this job then we're not going to finish this job we're just going to lollygag forever so they never kill us that that that's something a goblin would think is smart thinking <laughs> right but you you are you're grinding their progress the evil's progress to a to a, a slow crawl or a halt because you you tricked the idiot minions into not doing their work. This, these are all ideas that you can throw in there and all of them have the same theme. You may not be able to win, but you can score victories against, against the host. You can score victories that actually help the humans better their lives significantly. And prevent and, the demons from winning. And prevent the demons from winning, exactly. Well, they've already won. Te technically, they've won. They, they control the planet. By and large, they they control the planet. It's not contested. Uh, most mo most humans are slaves. That's just how it is. But those are the main types of adventures that you are going to going to have to do. Defeating the host if you were born there, or getting home if you were not. And again, you can throw at them all of the symbiotes and crystals and whatever. You can make it rain. Giant crystals the size of basketballs, if you want, because when they go home, they won't work. You could fill their body with worms. I got 20 worms. Ah! It's not going to matter when they go home. Your main campaign will not be affected by anything that happens in Wormwood. That's what makes it really, really attractive to newer game masters. Newer game masters the for, for playing riffs, the biggest pitfall you you will you will succumb to is power creep. That's a, that's the biggest problem when you're, 
when you're going to other locations and coming back home, bringing back stuff that it, that is not balanced in your prime setting. Wormwood solves that for you. You can give them whatever you want. Now, here's the rub. If you make them work real hard for symbiotes or for crystals or stones, and they get a really, really juicy one right at the end when they're going home, they're going to be pissed at you, and I don't blame them. They're going to be mad. Here's the deal. When you're talking about symbiotes and power stones and bloodstones and crystals and stuff like that, give them out a little more freely than you would regular magic items or high technology items in your home campaign. Be a little more liberal with them. That way, when they go back home and the crap turns to ash and dust in front of them, you can explain to them, you knew this was going to happen the entire time. That's why you made it easier for you to get these powerful magical items. Now, will that completely mitigate the player's anger? No. Will it soften the blow? Hopefully. You know, my my Borg still has all this bling in here. I still look pretty good. I might not have extra 200 MDC, but I got right, bling. Right. <laughs> exactly. You, you you no longer have have the little gem on your chest that doubles your armor and you no longer but have I still have, have a, a gem on my chest. <laughs> it does, but it doesn't do anything. It's like it's cracked. I, it doesn't do I anything. got bling. That's what I you said. You got bling. You got bling. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But that is that is the the main idea of a campaign or a long-term adventuring in Wormwood. It's, it's different, it differentiated if you were born there or if you're visiting. If you're born, you want to save your people. If you're visiting, you want to get home. That's the focus of the campaign. You don't care about the people. Well, you do care about the people, but you do. You want to get home. And freeing a planet from a thousand years of suffering is going to take more time than you got. Right? Probably. Probably take more time than you got. It, it'll look good at first. And then as your armor is getting whittled down and whittled down, whittled down, and you can't yeah. replace it, then you'd be like, this isn't exactly. as fun as we thought. <laughs> that That's another reason why the, uh, the visiting players will want to go home because they're running out of bullets. They're running out of E-cells. They're, 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 they're running out of Eclipse. Sorry. They're, they're running out of power they're, they're, and, and their armor is getting damaged and not getting repaired because there's no mega damage alloys here to repair it. You are on a clock. You're on a clock of your technology failing and having to use wormwood technology to replace it. Now, the good thing is that technomancers can change over your power armor or your gun to, to make it, you know, magical or sonically powered. And that'll work on Earth as well, as long as it's not made with anything from wormwood. If it's made with a wormwood power crystal, oops. Uh oh, you got one d six hours, man. You make the most of it because you can make eclipse out of power crystals that regenerate on their own every day. So you run out of juice on the clip. You put the clip in your pocket. Tomorrow at that time, you put it back in. Boom, it's full. No need to recharge it. It recharges itself. That's great. Right up until you leave Wormwood. So don't tell your players. <laughs> don't. You know, they're, if you tell them early, they're going to be just as mad as they'd they be. Like, why are we here? End. 
but now they're going to be mad the entire campaign. Every every time you give them something, they're going to think Indian giver. <laughs> yeah. Some of them might even say it. So, you know, deal with that as you will. My my advice, don't tell them. Leave it to the end. If they want to be mad at you, just rip it off like a Band-Aid. Get it all done at once. Right? Again, again they go back home and they have a whole bunch of things. Look, they're going to be back at the normal power level of the world. They're going to have probably a level or two or five on, uh, on them. They're, sure. they're, they're going to still be more powerful and more experienced. Now they go back home. Okay, they don't have money. And they don't have what they've got. So they've got they've got things to do to earn it. And this is, you know, you know me, when I run games, I keep players poor. So and so I'm looking at that as like that's a win-win-win for me. Now I got mid-level players who need to earn their next upkeep. I mean, I, I'm in. That, that that's a good thing for me. Sure. Yeah. So that but, that's basically it. Now we're gonna look at some chat and and some of the people in chat have some have some good ideas on their own. So let's check it out. So uh, I think they wanted to make a game book, but it was converted to be just a Rift source book. But I, I want to mention book. Dimension yeah. book is different. Yes. That's that's what I wanted to clarify yeah. as well. And I'm really hung up on that term because yeah. there are world books and there are dimension books. And I really do see a dimension book as a completely different. Let's use D&D terms again. Dragonlance, Forgotten Realms, Mistara. It's uh, the same game, but it's a completely different feel. Yeah. But that, that'd be awesome, you know, if there were supposed to be multiple books or books that came after that, I would like to see this embellished more. I would like to see that two dimension, that good versus evil, which there's nothing inherently wrong with, but I'd love to see that expanded upon. Sure. He says, demon hounds and demon riders make good NPCs to kill. That's when we're talking about low level stuff. Yeah, yeah. Th those are the rank and file fighter uh, minions of the host. And they're, they're like, you know, goblin riders you've seen in books and TV shows and movies and stuff where there's goblins riding giant wolves or whatever, you know, stuff like that. Okay. Shuko says, are the portals controlled by humans? I think there's one at the city of world gate that is controlled by humans. The other three, I'm not sure. I, I read it last week, but I didn't read it deeply and I didn't commit it to memory. So. Well, guess what? Now at your table, maybe they are. Maybe yeah, they are. Look at that. There you go. I'm going to skip the next one because I'm going to do that last. Okay. And then we have, uh, you get dewormed. Yes. Yes. All the symbiotes die within 1d6 hours or days. Hours? Hours. You said hours so far. Hours. Yeah, there you go. Hours of you leaving Wormwood because they are intrinsically connected. They have to be connected. They have to be on the planet. So That's once fast. you leave the planet, they will start to die. And you get dewormed. Yes. They either fall off your body or they pass through your stool. Do what I did the first time. Now we're going to, we're going to have a little English lesson here. And you're not British, are you? No. Okay. So let's remember that. You're not British. Guess sure it's a uh, lichen. How do you say chitin? Don't tell me you say chitin. Yes, we do. And let me zoom in on this. Miriam Webster, lichen. We're not British, so we don't say lichen, although that says also, so that means they pronounce it lichen as well. So it is lichen. And you didn't uh, the button for sound. I don't need sound. No, I didn't. Yeah, I wasn't trying to play it. It's okay. right there. It's just in phonetics. Uh, and let me share again. And then chitin is once again chitin. See the K there, right? So there you go. Actually, it's chitin. It really is. No, it isn't. 
Chi Tin. Oh, it's chitin. It says it right there. This is American English. American English. Okay. Yeah. Now, the British, once again. Uh, oh, wait, actually, did I not see that on this one? Yeah, a chitin. It's there. Yeah, chitinous. It says it right there. Chitinous. Wait, it's how I've always pronounced it. So yeah, no, I I do as well. I I do as well. I I understand that the other way is sometimes considered the right way, but there are so many words that, depending on the region you're in, are pronounced. Yeah, there, there, there's there's accents, and people say yeah. some things incorrectly out of habit and so forth. And I get that. I'm sure. not arguing that. I'm just saying the official way is chitin and lichen. So now, if you're British, you can say lichen. I guess apparently so. Uh, I'll, pop that, I'll pop that down. Okay, so there you go. <laughs> so what else we got? No, that's it. That's it. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, the the adventure part is is not very expansive because it doesn't lay it out for you. This book doesn't lay out any kind of grand adventure because you can't have a grand adventure involving Wormwood unless you're on Wormwood. Because nothing from Wormwood can go anywhere else. So the only adventure you have is fighting the host. It's a little worse than Africa, whereas in Africa there are two adventures. Fighting the Millennial Beasts and fighting Rama Tet, or whatever the hell his name was, <laughs> who, controls, who controls Egypt. That's basically it. But it spells it out a little more. It gives you signposts. The beginning, the middle, the end of the campaign. Here it doesn't. So you have to make it, a, you have to kind of build it yourself with the goal in mind, right? So people born there, goal is to defeat the host. People visiting there, goal is to get home. You have to build a campaign or set of adventures along those lines. So it's a little more work, a little more work, but you get a little more freedom as well. So it's nice. So one, one, I, I'm going to have a comment about this book. This book to me represents what a dimension book should be, in my opinion. It is different. It isn't just a Rift's add-on. It is a, I, I'm going to keep saying this, I'm going to be a broken record, but it is a completely different campaign setting. Yes. That you're, you're not just flying to somewhere else. And to be fair, a lot of the world books are in and of themselves different campaign settings. I mean, uh, you know, South America is different than Germany. It's different than, uh, you know, England. I mean, I get that. I mean, there's already a lot of diversity there. But now add one step further. This is yeah. a completely different dimension not related to this. So to me, I'm not saying it should be as in this is how you're supposed to play it. I'm just saying in conception. This should be something outside of a normal Rifts game. I want to play Rifts with Rifts rules and Rifts possibilities, but we want to do something different. We want to play Dark Sun instead of playing Forgotten Realms. Like that's that's how I see this. Does it have to be that way? No. But if you put it in that concept, I like Wormwood and I hope or I don't know them that well that all the other dimension books are like this. And yes, I know we covered Phase World and Phase World's a little bit more homogenized, but of the dimension books that are out there, whatever else, I mean, what are they, like five, six, seven dimension books, whatever? Um, I would hope that they all look like this, something separate and unique. They they are separate and unique, but unlike all the other dimension books. Uh, this one actually stops you from bringing the powerful things from Wormwood to anywhere else. Stops the power creep. Kevin, go back to this. If it's another dimension, stop the power creep. Stop it. With that, 
Yeah, there, there you go. Subscribe and share. Thank you very much. Uh, you know, I, I'm not I'm not convinced that this is what I would want in my riffs game because you know I said that for, at the beginning of the first video, but uh, I don't dislike it. And I and like I said a moment ago, I think it's what a dimension book should be. I don't think there are twenty or thirty dimension books. There are like thirty some world books, but as far as dimension, oh, okay. Were you talking next to the world books up there? Okay, uh, I'm not covering comments again today, and the reason for that is because we have weeks worth of comments to cover. Heathen Dog wasn't here last week, then the week before. You know, we've had a lot of weirdness happen. I will get back to comments next week. All I'm going to say is, so you can see it on video and I can hear it on video, is that Heathen Dog and I have a lot of comments to go through. Yeah, he and I, not just me. <laughs> have a lot of comments sure. to go through uh, over the course of about a month or so just to catch up, and we'll try to answer as many of those as we can. You know, uh, also, I want to remind people that uh, uh, on the Discord, and if you don't use Discord, that's on you, but I'm just saying on our Discord right now in the uh, RPG Digest category under the contest forum, we have the Forbidden Lands giveaway. I will be drawing that next week. However I do it, it's going to be one of two ways. Either we're going to do the ultimate, uh, the ultimate arena thing that I do on Friday night, or we're going to do the random picker. Uh, you know, that'll be determined later on. But uh, fill out that survey if you want. Uh, still sealed. The Book of Beasts. And remember, it's more than just Book of Beasts. It includes alchemy, uh, rules for traps, rare tomes, etc., etc. And... I didn't open this. This is the way they sent it to me. And the Blood March. Okay. Now, you do have to have, or purchase, obviously, uh, the Forbidden Lands core books to use these. But if you have it, or if you have any interest in it, you're like, hmm, I could get the core books if I win those. Well, there you go. You can try to get those. That's all. Oh, and don't forget the Veterans Day stream on the uh, uh, November 11th. That's Saturday, November 11th. What time are you starting your Call of Cthulhu game? 11... 11 a.m. Central Time to 4 p.m. Central Time. Okay. That really <laughs> causes a problem for my sleep schedule, but we'll figure that out. I'm sorry. So, uh, yeah, because I can't give you another time to be on the stream to cover the last, like, you know, so I was hoping that you'd have four hours here and four hours there, but that's okay. We want, I want the games, that game's more important. I'll figure out the sleep schedule outside of that. So, well, I, I can also do another couple hours, you know, between eight, eight and 10. I can play something like dungeon, uh, dungeon. Yeah, a, a two matter. hour, two hour nap isn't going to work for me. Oh so. well, no, but it'll give you time to eat, relax, stretch, go for a walk, whatever. Yeah, fair. So we'll, we'll talk about that. But I, uh, again, the game was, that game was more important at that uh, point anyway. So remember you, uh, he knocks still his room for one more. If you're interested in call of Cthulhu, it's on our discord and you can talk to him about that. So. What? Okay. You know what? I'm just going to, uh, do you have any words of wisdom? Let me get uh, no, that up there. No wisdom then... today. Okay. Last week, because you weren't here, I forgot to play the theme song out. So I'm going to do that today oh, if I find great. it. So, all right. Well, again, thank you everybody for being here. Hope you liked uh, these overviews and fundamentals. Next week for Forbidden Lands is uh, is the journeying phase, which includes survival mechanics and is um, the strongholds. And Heathen Dog apparently is going to be covering some freaking vampires. Yay. Vampires. Yay. Vampires. So with that, I hope each and every one of you has a wonderful week.